And now, introducing the self-proclaimed king of L.L. Bean. His credo, you'll never find a better gene than with Glenn and L.L. Bean. It's the pleats, the pleats in the pants. They're very flattering. Don't act like you're not impressed. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Paul Valley. Got a lot to do on a Tuesday edition of the program. Coming up in just a little bit, Brenda Fries is going to join us. Maryland's headed back to the NCAA tournament, hosting for the first time since 2019 because of the pandemic. So we will talk to them before they get ready to play Delaware on Friday to open up their NCAA tournament journey. Uh, Patrick Stevens will check in. We will talk about the brackets. We'll talk about what this committee got right, what the committee got wrong, what's particularly enticing, all of those things. Uh, Also talk a little lacrosse, big wins for both Hopkins and Loyola over the weekend. Maryland continues to roll, and they get a huge showdown with Virginia coming up on Saturday, so we'll talk about all of that. And uh, later on in the program, we are going to catch up with uh, Jonah Schaefer, Baltimore Sun Ravens beat writer. Obviously, the Ravens still haven't done anything as of yet. Let's get into that here in one second. Today's show brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel and the FanDuel Sportsbook. We are coming back Friday afternoon. I'll be there with Rodney Elliott, former Terp star, former Dunbar standout. We'll be hanging out in the FanDuel Sportsbook for the early games on Friday in the NCAA tournament. We want you to come join us from 12 to 4. I mean, really, you're going to want to be there all day. And the cool thing this week about the FanDuel Sportsbook is they are opening special hours, 9 a.m. every day, Thursday through Sunday. And throughout the NCAA tournament, you bet $50 on any NCAA tournament game, and even if you lose, hold on to your ticket because you're going to be able to throw it in the hopper, and somebody is going to win a $500 bracket bonus just for betting in the FanDuel Sportsbook on an NCAA tournament game. Again, a $50 bet is what you got to do. So encourage you to get over to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. They also have now 63 24-7 self-service kiosks. They couldn't be easier to use. My man Rodney Elliott had never used one of them before uh, uh, Sunday, and I don't want to say that Rodney's getting older, but, you know, he's getting there. And uh, he was like, man, this is easy. I'm like, yeah, exactly right. They couldn't be easier. So get over and check it out. All right, now, um, first day of legal tampering before the NFL New Year begins on Wednesday, and, of course, that doesn't mean anything any longer because we now just know the guys are signing deals and we can go ahead and report them, and that's the way that it is. The Ravens still have not done anything. It's also notable that yet Bradley Bozeman is not signed anywhere, and he's about the only veteran center that hasn't signed anywhere. So maybe that's good news for the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe. It's it's hard to get a feel for it. Patrick Ricard has also not agreed to a deal as of yet anywhere else. Could it be that means the market moves back? Maybe. Could it be that because other players are off the board, specifically at center, everybody agreed to deals very quickly. So it's basically Bradley that's left. So if you were a team that went into free agency wanting a center, perhaps you're now willing to throw a bit more money towards Bradley Bozeman because he's what's available at this point. It'd be nice for it to end up being good news for the Baltimore Ravens. I'd still bet against it at the moment, but sure, it's it's weird that the Brian Allens of the world and the Ben Joneses of the world and guys like that have deals done before Bradley Bozeman has his deal done. This cannot be surprising. There is just no world 
in which if you, and I wrote this in my column at PressBoxOnline.com, the first thing we all say is, do the Ravens know the free agency has started? It's the first tweet we send out every year. It's it's broken record, man. It's all we ever do. And as I've said before, this doesn't make their ser- their strategy the right one to be more patient, to not press when free agency opens. It doesn't mean it's the correct strategy. Plenty of teams that have signed players on the first day of free agency have done quite well and have won significant things. And it's not as if the Ravens have never done something like that. It's just very rare that they were to sign a player on the first day of free agency or at this point the tampering period, if you will. The Ravens typically are far more inclined to to wait the market out. And instead of being the team that bowls someone over with an offer, you know what you're not going to do better than this. They're typically the team that is more willing to wait and see if the market will come back to them for certain players. Sometimes it's worked out great. Other times it's not worked out at all. Other times they've attempted to give insane contracts to Ryan Grant, and we all just kind of like to pretend that that was never a thing. There is no correct answer. This is not me defending the Ravens and saying, well, this is, they've proven this is the best way to do business. They haven't proven that. They've proven it's a way to do business. And at times it's worked. I am not a blind trust in anyone type of person. There is no world in which you just get to say, well, this is the Ravens. They always get things right. No, they don't. They don't always get things right. I don't know what the percentage is off the top of my head of times they've gotten things right. Do they get things right maybe more than some other? Would I rather be the Ravens than the Jacksonville Jaguars who are giving insane money to Christian Kirk? Yeah, I'd rather be that. It's another thing we like to do, by the way, is look at everybody else that signs and say, I wouldn't give that guy that, guy, that type of money. Well, good, then you wouldn't get him. That's the way that it works. We can all do this forever. It's like the people that want to say, you really think Lamar Jackson's worth $50 million? Yeah, because that's the rate for quarterbacks. I do. It's not hard. I want the guy on my team. So, yes, he's worth that amount of money. This bit where we all want to sit around and pretend like you can get a player at another dollar amount. Once upon a time, the Ravens didn't want to give $6 million to Anquan Bolden. How'd that work out for him? I want to have the player on my team. Again, I get it. Christian Kirk is an extreme. I probably wouldn't give that much money to Christian Kirk. But this is what it costs. It's why it was so insane that we were haggling over the idea of giving Hollywood Brown the fifth-year option. And I tried to say, what are we doing? Like, this is nuts. Christian Kirk has got 18 million bucks. DJ Chark is getting $12 million. The idea that the fifth-year option... At 13 or 14 million bucks is somehow a bad number for Hollywood Brown is bonkers. Again, whether or not you're going to be signing him long term is a different conversation. But the fifth year option specifically was never a price that didn't make sense for Hollywood Brown. And we just were bored, so we wanted something to talk about. The money is what's out there. You're a good football player. You can get money. The Ravens haven't given it to anybody yet. Michael Pierce is now going to be available again. There's been a lot of talk that if you were in, if you're moving on from Brandon Williams, if you don't know if Calais Campbell's back, well, Michael Pierce is a pretty good football player while he was here. 
Signed big money in Minnesota. Then obviously the pandemic was an issue for him because I believe it's uh, asthma or what. I'm trying to remember what his condition was. So he wasn't able to play the pandemic year. Just never really worked for him in Minnesota. But Michael Pierce was a hell of a football player when he was in Baltimore. So if you can get him at a reduced price, bring him back, maybe that's a good idea for the Baltimore Ravens and a team that we believe needs to do some work along their defensive line. That sounds like it might work for me. Will they do it? Couldn't tell you. They're not going to tell me. Is Darius Smith officially available? Everyone says the Ravens are kicking the tires on Zadarius Smith. Makes sense. Don't know what the market is for Zadarius. As I said yesterday, I don't know how it impacts him that he's dealing with a back injury. It's a legit thing, man. Back injuries are, you know, I, I and we can say, hey, he came back and play. I, I, I understand that, but we still talk about the word back injury. That's it's going to make some people uncomfortable. I hurt my back three weeks ago. It's still nagging. Yeah, I probably wouldn't sign you. Just no offense. I probably, if I were the Ravens, I would pass. Yeah. I would, I would pass. There's no dollar Man, amount. I got the shirt on. Yeah, I understand. It's a nice looking shirt. I'm just telling you, I still wouldn't sign you if I were them. Like, I there's a lot of things. I I don't know if it would be worse than the Alejandro Villanueva signing, but <laughs> it, I, don't <laughs> I don't think, think it, it could be. I don't worse. think it would be good. I know that much. I probably wouldn't go that route. Um, we'll see. And I get it. I get. I, I have said before. I understand the feeling. I understand the, we just woke up on Christmas morning and there's no new toys underneath our tree and everybody else has new toys and we're jealous. Like I, I completely get that concept. There is something going on and we're not participating. What's the point of being an NFL fan and having a team if you don't get to participate in all the things the NFL teams do? I get the feeling. We can't be surprised you can be whatever you want. You can think that they're making a mistake. You can support. You can be anything you want to be. Have any opinion about the subject. You can say, if I were the Ravens, I would have gone all in for Hassan Reddick. And I would have paid the amount of money the Philadelphia Eagles paid to land Hassan Reddick. I think that's a fine take to have, if it's your take. I- I'm, I'm split on it because it is an awful lot of money. But I like Hassan Reddick as a football player. Chandler Jones is still available. I'd, I'd certainly be interested in Chandler Jones. Tyron Matthew, of course, is still available. I'd certainly be interested in Tyron Matthew. Have whatever take you want to have. But you cannot be surprised. You're doing that. Like, you, you had to be prepared for this to be the way that we would start. And by the way, they can still sign somebody today. Free agency doesn't even open until tomorrow. They can still sign somebody today. But you can't be surprised by the first day going by without the Ravens really being involved. Because this, how long have you been a fan? You have to be used to it by now. And the thing that I always say, like the, the, the bit we will eventually reconcile with, hey, it was always going to be the second wave of free agency in the draft that was going to matter most for the Ravens. We always reconcile at the end of it with that. And it's as true as it is terrifying They do value the second wave of free agency. They do prioritize the draft. To what extent? They found a couple of players that we all think are good last year in Dafe Owe and Rashad Bateman in the first round. But was that enough? Were either of those guys enough to be a difference maker to get them into the postseason? Adafi Owe made, you know, arguably the second most important play of the year. If you want to say Tucker's kick was the most, he made the second most. But I would probably argue it was the most because they hadn't beaten the Chiefs. But that was one play. 
Did he have an exceptional season? Was he individually the difference maker? No. He made the most important play. But he wasn't that guy. Does that mean he won't be a star for years to come? He might very well be. The draft is important, but the Ravens need players next year. They need guys that can make a difference. They've got a good roster, but a championship caliber roster? Probably not. Probably a few too many holes. They need players that can impact now. Justin Houston wasn't really that guy. Alejandro Villanueva certainly wasn't that guy. The second phase of free agency, it is far more difficult to find that guy. Drastically more difficult, to be fair. They signed somebody in the first phase of free agency a year ago in in Kevin Zeitler, who could not have worked out better. Who, in the immediacy, is one of the all-time great pickups in Ravens history. Who's dominant a year ago. And hopefully they find somebody like that in the course of the next week. So there's that. Um, from Oh, you know what? Yeah, thank you, Chris. I, I do, I'm do. i going to pause. We're not going to talk about anything else for a minute. Because what we're going to talk about is we need to fill this bracket contest. That's what we're going to talk about. We're more than halfway there. That's a good thing. We only have two more days, though, before the games begin. So I need you right now to get out your phone, pull out your Venmers, pull out your PayPalers, pull out your cash appers and you need to send me 20 bucks to get in on our charity bracket contest that we do every year uh, Paul would Miles Jack be a cheaper alternative to Bobby Wagner sure I mean Miles Jack's a guy for the most part like he's a, he's still a freak athlete he's just never really been a dominant football player pull out those apps if you're on cash app dollar sign Glenn Clark radio if you're on PayPal, Glenn Clark 180. If you are on Venmo, Glenn Dash Clark, two N's as always, and Glenn and no E and Clark. You should probably know that by now if you're here. Oh, crap. Yeah, bad news. I don't know who you sent money to, but you should probably look into it. Pull it out, send over 20 bucks. Then find me on Twitter, at Glenn Clark Radio, or email me, glennclarkradio at gmail.com. Any form of communication, Facebook works, send me a carrier pigeon, whatever it is that you can do. I wouldn't use the United States Postal Service at this point because I can't guarantee I'll find out about it before the games begin. And let me know, hey, I got my money in. Send me that link. And you know what I'll do? I'll send you that link. So you can fill out the brackets after the first four games have started. Yes, like, the first four games have nothing to do with anything. All right, but th- those those teams get in. Yes. Right? So have you, you never filled out a bracket before? It's been a couple of years. This is a really weird bit. I'm, I'm really bad at it. This like, is not a good thing. I'm, like, I, I'm really bad well, nobody's at Nobody's good at filling out brackets, man. Like, there is nobody on the planet. I, Patrick Stevens is the most knowledgeable person in, in terms of college basketball you'll ever know. Do you think Patrick, Patrick Stevens has any clue what's going to happen? Come on, man. Nobody. This is a bad bit. Well, I haven't filled out a bracket since before the first four okay. started. Well, that's, that is that is 12 years? I mean, like, yeah, they've been man. doing these games for a long time, Chief. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, not a, that's not a good sign. Um, get yours in right now. And let me know that you're in for the contest. Winner is going to get 500 bucks. Second place gets 250 and then we're sending $250 to the folks who show your soft side and the wonderful work that they do in the community to support uh, the area's pets. So we want to lift them up. 
spin them off. It's not a significant number, but 250 bucks would be great. We'd love to do that. But in order to do that, we got to fill it up. And we're doing a good job so far, you guys. I One day in, I am confident we're going to get it filled up. But we only get it filled up if I berate you and remind you that I need you to step your game up. That's the way that it works. So I need you to do that right now. Get in $20. Again, cash app, dollar sign, Glenn Clark Radio. Venmo, Glenn-Clark. PayPal, Glenn Clark 180 Get your 20 bucks in. I'll send you the link. You'll get signed up. You can win $500 or 250 if you finish in second, and then $250. Even if you don't win, you'll know you have done something good because you will have sent money to the folks at Show Your Soft Side and the wonderful work that they do in the community. That's the reason why we do things the way we do them around here is to take care of great local charities. So please get in now. Thank you to all of you who have. I know John and, and Paul and Paul's son got it. A bunch of you, not this Paul, other Paul. Paul and Ovilando. Um, I have no son. A bunch of you have gotten in. Um, continue. I need you. We need John Proctor. Although, John Proctor, I don't think you paid yet. I don't know what uh, kind of shenanigans are in that uh, you managed to sneak in. I don't know if Brian Powell sent you the link or something. I don't know how that worked, but uh, need you to. It's a charity thing. Let's go. Let's go. We're not messing around with this. This is for charity. Step up. Get paid. And again, if you don't, to be clear, if somehow somebody got in without paying, and I don't know who else could have done that because I don't give the link until I get payment. Um, we'll just kick you out. I mean, that's the reality. We're just, if you don't pay by Thursday, you're out. You know, you just don't count the way it goes. So, um, yeah, that's that. That's what we need to do. Thank you for the reminder, Chris. I appreciate that. As we need to fill up our bracket contest. Uh, from, I, I, look, I, and I know, Paul, you did this and other people are doing it. I, 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 I am, am in complete agreement utter and complete agreement that the Orioles should put spring training games on TV. You own the network. I'm getting charged for the money for in my cable bill. Put them on TV. I will, I'm also the person that doesn't really care because there is no world in which I would watch spring training games on TV the same way that I no longer will watch preseason football games. You're not going to get me to watch any sort of athletic contest that isn't real. I'm out. Now, if I was there, I would go because I love going, sitting around at the ballpark. It's a great experience. Tremendous experience being at spring training. Watching spring training, horrible. Just an awful, wretched experience. Any watching, sitting down and watching something on television that isn't a real legitimate sporting contest, I'm out. I'll never do that again. Ever in my life. I'll only go because I know what a great experience it is to hang out in Arizona, particularly in Arizona. Florida, it's good too, but it might rain. That's always a disappointing part about doing spring training in Florida is you run the risk that it could rain. We went last year, and it was the two coldest days of the entire season. Gray, like 61 degrees and windy, so it was freezing. Yeah, that's that's not that's not fun, but 61 degrees right now sounds really good. I would take right, 61 degrees. but in degrees. Florida when you didn't pack I, a jacket, you're supposed you. to be in the 80s. I, I hear you. Um, it's a tremendous experience live. TV, it's not for me. But I get it. As you're watching other teams announce that they're putting their spring training games on TV, you say to yourself, I'm getting this money is coming out of my cable bill if you still do cable. And I don't even get the chance to watch the games. And I hear you. I mean, I do. I hear you. I understand why that bothers you. That being said, I guess I would say the same thing I said with the Ravens. We can't be surprised, can we? Although I don't even know if the Orioles have made it official what their plans are for broadcasts yet. I think we can assume that it won't be all of the games. I think we can safely make that assumption. 
All right. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Back in the NCAA tournament, they're getting ready for a showdown with Delaware. She is the head coach at the University of Maryland. She's Brenda Fries, and she's back with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Paul. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time, and congratulations on being back in the tournament. We're ready to go dancing. You know, I was thinking about this. I, I It didn't strike me that it's been three years since you guys have hosted the NCAA tournament, of course, we all know what happened in 2020, and last year everybody had to pick up and go down to Texas and do it that way. Um, does it make it mean a little bit more? I'm sure you'd rather be doing it coming off a Big Ten title. I'm sure you'd rather be a number one seed, but does it mean a little bit more knowing it's been a while since you guys have been able to do this at home? Oh, absolutely. I mean, to be able to be one of the top four seeds and to be hosting so your fans can come and watch your team play. On the flip side, I mean – you know, really, uh, you know, up through our junior class, nobody has played in the NCAA tournament at home. So it's a unique thing for us that we're <laughs> rebuilding, with, you know, within the team just because of all the circumstances that have happened. But um, this is what you work so hard for is to be able to, to be one of the teams to host. You speak about circumstances. I know it's kind of been like a trying year for you guys just to have everybody on the floor and – you know, it, it, it looked like coming out of the shoot this season, you guys might have been like an utter monster. And then, you know, just keeping players healthy was kind of an issue. How good do you feel about where you are as a whole going into the NCAA tournament, Coach? <laughs> well, you know, yesterday was the first day we finally had uh, all nine healthy available players. It's, uh, uh, by the way, that's so a good time to like have them. <laughs> Yeah, it felt like we had an army, you know, I mean, it was probably, uh, you know, it was by far one of our best practices. The kids are really locked in and it felt like we had a ton of numbers. So, you know, credit them. I mean, they have been through so much adversity between injury and illness and um, just a lot this season. But, you know, I'm hoping all of that was uh, for a reason, you know, to be able to uh, trend the right way here in March. Are you able to go back and, like, point out and say, look at what we did early on in the year when we were more complete against Baylor, and do you feel like that's more of a referendum, say, on what your team is when you have all of your players on the floor as you're now going to have going into the tournaments? Yeah, you know, we definitely point through that uh, we've we've been, you know, even that Baylor game we were missing uh, two two to three players in that game. Jeez, so, I didn't even remember you know, that. I just Man. Think the adversity has made us more resilient. It's made us a lot more tougher. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, the strongest our roster is going to be with uh, the nine available players that are all healthy. And um, so, you know, we are excited. You know, we've been through – a lot this season and you know are, are more than prepared for what lies ahead she is brenda freeze of course maryland getting ready to host delaware in the ncaa tournament she's with us on glenn clark radio coach you know th this obviously this is maryland basketball right like this is the time of the year this is 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 what you guys uh, are billed for and to win championships is there a chip on these players' shoulders because you guys lost in the first round of the Big Ten tournament? Again, it gets a really good team, right? Like, you know, the Big Ten was so <laughs> loaded this year. But does it create kind of a chip on the shoulder that this isn't what Maryland basketball is supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be the team that's making deep runs and, and hoisting trophies and cutting down nets. 
Yeah, well, I think, you know, twofold. I mean, it shows you how hard uh, it really is to be able to do. I think the schedule, you know, the conference, obviously, all five teams, you know, had a chance to be a number one seed leading into the last week of the season. It's, am- so, it's amazing. Um, I think having perspective of just how uh, much the, the conference has prepared us. But, yeah, I mean, this, this team is, you know, they're a bunch of winners. They they hate to lose and uh, to, to lose in that first round. I've I've told them the the story, you know, when Alyssa Thomas's team was here, they lost in the first round of the ACC tournament and uh, went to a Final Four this year. So, you know, one doesn't relate to another, what, you know, how far of the, the conference tournament you go, but it's putting it all together at the right time. Do, do you feel like the, you know, the league, the way the league sort of stepped up and was so much deeper, to your point, this year, do you feel like that maybe has sharpened your team more? Not to not to say that the the league was down all the other years that you won, but I think we all know it was a bit more top heavy this year. Do you feel like that sharpened you more going into the NCAA tournament? Yeah, no question. I mean, I think sometimes you can get a false hope if you're beating teams easily, and you know you don't have that uh, competition that goes down to the wire. So you know we've been in a lot of close games this season. You know we've played three of the four number one seeds, you know, throughout our non-conference schedules. So, you know, all of that is going to, you know, pay dividends for us here in, in this tournament. Brenda, obviously, as you know, in Baltimore, like we, we think uh, we should probably, we're hoping the Reese's actually just choose to have more kids at some point. Like we're hoping there's, <laughs> there's going to be somehow more on the way. Um, how neat has it been for you to like to see the two of them interact the way that they've been able to interact on campus and, you know, for those that don't know what, what what that family has meant to your program, but obviously, specifically, when you have someone who is simply as talented as, as Angel is, how much has that meant to your team to have a leader like that? Yeah, I mean, it's a great story, and I obviously I hope all of our Maryland fans are cherishing it because it's such a small window of time uh, to have two elite players like, you know, Angel and, and Julian come through and their relationship, their dynamic as a family is so close. Um, they obviously bleed Maryland through and through, but, um, you know, it's one of those that you got to pinch yourself because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've, what this is my 20th year at Maryland, and I've had a set of sisters but never a brother-sister combo. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, truly an incredible thing to, to be a part of and, and to be able to witness. I mean, it's 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 so cool, and it's, it, it's a neat story that I hope that, you know, it's, it comes more commonplace, right, as the as years go on, right? Like, I hope that it's, you know, I would like to be able to use uh, siblings to get more siblings to Maryland over the years. I think that like, yeah, that's absolutely. a good thing <laughs> that, could, uh, that could occur continuing on. Coach, I, I, I'm going to dumb it down, right? If, if, mm-hmm. if you can finish the sentence, if we're going to make a deep run in the tournament, we need to do blank better. Could you finish that thought for me? <laughs> Oh, man, you know, as a coach, you think you need to do everything better. That's fair. Um, you know, uh, you know, we need we need to, you know, share the basketball more. You know, our scoring has, has gone down a bit and, and we've got to be able to rebound. It's easy, it's easy as that. Now you just got to go do it. Right? Yeah, no <laughs> it's, question. <laughs> it's just as easy as that. You just sort of explain it that way. When you when you bring up sharing the basketball more, right? Specifically, we know what kind of shooters you have on your team. You have a lot of. Is is it as simple as? Hey, we need to get it out. We we the shots are there, right? Like we know we can count on so, you know, so many players that you have that are capable of knocking down shots. Is that as simple as that? That we need to have more trust in getting the ball out. 
Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Absolutely, with the, with the trust factor. But like I said, you know, just the fact that um, you know we we had a stat the other day that only three players all season have been at every practice and every game on our roster. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, which which you know when you don't have your full roster there every single day, that's hard to build that chemistry and that trust on the offensive end, the defensive end, whatever you're trying to accomplish. So for us, you know that those pieces, you know, like I said, we hope to have that all week and make a deep run so you're getting more practice time together to be able to complete all of that. I uh, I wanted to bring up, it's been a couple of weeks, but I think it was the Ohio State game, correct, that I was watching and the boys were doing the interview with you post-game because I want to say, was it was it their birthday that day? Was that the reason? It when? was. A good memory, yes, it was. So I, watching, knowing what they've been through, knowing their journey, and now kind of being at the age where it feels like they can maybe, is it fair to say, appreciate it a little bit more? How cool has that been to sort of share this a little bit more with the boys at this point? Oh, uh, I mean, you said that correctly. I mean, on Sunday, you know, it's the first time they were, you know, chomping at the bit to come down to practice with me, you know, early before the selection show. And, you know, I it took me a moment to be like, oh, my gosh, they finally get it. You know, they finally understand what's taken place so yeah it's been amazing i mean they truly get it my son this morning was filling out his bracket cool. and um, they're they're all in are they are they coaches do you feel that in them do you see that like they sort of approach it the same way that you do you know i have one that you know absolutely you know ha- has a, a mind of a coach and then the other one is a, a point guard on his basketball team so you know, they're they're really cerebral, you know, understanding the game. So that's that's been a lot of fun. That's cool. That is a really cool story. And it was such a neat story to, or a neat moment to see them share that with you, Coach, and, and obviously yeah. everything that they've been through. Hey, and then just quickly, a thought on Delaware, because that's first, obviously, on Friday. Um, do you have to have the conversation about – you know, these are there's probably a player or two there that wanted to be at Maryland, right? Like, you know, this is not – you know, players on the other side of the country. There's probably a couple of players on that team that wanted to be here that maybe eye up this opportunity more than a lot of other teams might, that this means a little bit more to them. Do you have to maybe remind them a bit? And, of course, we also know that there are some really good Delaware teams, and thankfully Elena Deladon is no longer a part of that program. Um, but do you, do you have to have that reminder for your players getting ready for a first-round game on Friday? For sure. I mean, you know, Jasmine Dickey, who is their uh, player of the year in the conference, grew up coming to camp here. You know, she's out of Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, they have a lot of local players uh, from our area on their roster. So they're going to be fired up. Coach Adair, uh, you know, used to coach at Georgetown, actually lived in our neighborhood. So, you know, there's a lot of common ties. She's phenomenal coach you know what she's been able to do to um, turn that program around in five years so you know I know they'll be more than prepared and let's look I mean every team in the NCAA tournament is going to be ready to play and there for a reason there's no doubt about that there's no doubt but just maybe a little bit more personal all right Friday five o'clock down in College Park as part of a doubleheader. If you can't get there, it'll be on ESPNU on Friday for the opener against Delaware. Coach Brenda Freeze, you always make us so proud. Can't wait to see what your team does in the tournament. And glad you got everybody ready. Glad we finally have all (laughs) the bullets in the holster and ready to go for the NCAA tournament. Thank you for taking a few minutes for us this morning, and best of luck in the postseason, all right? Thank you so much. Go Terps. Brenda Freeze, head coach the University of Maryland, of course, an incredibly successful Head coach of the University of Maryland, and they have been through a ton this season. 
just not having players on the floor. So that is good for her that they've got everybody back and ready to go for the postseason. Mount St. Mary's women's team is also in the NCAA tournament. We're going to catch up with their head coach, Antoine White, tomorrow morning to get ready. We did learn uh, yesterday, of course, we knew that Towson was going to go to the NIT and they're going to travel down to Wake Forest tomorrow night, but a couple of local teams also accepted bids to the Basketball Classic, which is a new event this year, and UMBC will be hosting a game tomorrow night in that event, and Morgan will be playing in that event tomorrow night on the road, I want to say at Youngstown State, if I remember correctly. I'll double-check on that. Um, but a couple of area teams whose seasons will also continue with um, with road games. Uh, no, actually, sorry, UMBC is a home game. Let me get this correct. UMBC is hosting Merrimack tomorrow night at 7. Morgan is indeed at Youngstown tomorrow night at 7 in the inaugural Basketball Classic. And as I said before, the opportunity to continue to play and practice and those things are invaluable and they mean a lot. It's frustrating. Those games are also on ESPN+, Plus, which kind of goes back to my statement about the NIT and Towson. Like it, You're playing in a postseason tournament that's supposed to be a reward, a more significant event than just, you know, no offense to the Basketball Classic, and yet you don't even get the game on TV. Just a just a bummer, a bummer the way that that worked out. Anyway, yeah, that's what uh, that's what you need to know on the local basketball front, and still no movement. We'll continue to play the waiting game as far as a Maryland coach is concerned. We're also, of course, playing. The, you, I saw your tweet this morning, Paul. Like you needed the Ravens or Orioles or and Orioles, I believe you said to do something today. Like, do you genuinely believe that the Orioles are making moves? They signed Chris Owings to a minor league deal. Right, I said making moves. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> Look, they need a, they need. What a happened to Chris Owings? He was supposed to be such a, pl- a player, oh, man. He signed a minor league deal with the Orioles. Okay, That's okay, what happened. Thank, no, but what, what happened? Why is he I, signing I, a minor league deal? I've just not paid attention to Chris Owings over the last couple of years since like he came up with the Diamondbacks and was supposed to be a rock star. He never really had anything notable that occurred. In Maybe his they'll turn him into a rock star. I know I mean, that they they, they need they need another starting pitcher not. and they need uh, a shortstop now. And we talked about this yesterday. What for if you're going to be terrible? But I'm just at a point now where it's been so long. Can we just put something competitive on the field? And now we're seeing Adley Rutschman has elbow soreness. So that's that's enlightening, I guess. Uh, Everybody has elbow soreness at the beginning of spring. I, I, my elbow's been sore for two months. <laughs> you know, so. I'm, I'm, my elbow's fine, for what it's worth, if they need me. Um, <laughs> I'm sure... Uh, I saw people really getting worked up about Adley Rutschman yesterday. I, nobody said anything like what, what Mike Elias's quote seemed very benign to me about Adley Rutschman at opening day. He didn't seem to say anything that committed in one way or the other. Why was everybody so worked up on Twitter about Adley Rutschman? Uh, well, yesterday? because he's twenty four years old. Well, he I was, understand he, that. He's, he was drafted now almost three years ago, number one overall. He. Honestly, he was ready to be here last year in July or August. But so Michael Lyons didn't say he wasn't going to be right, here. Right, he, he didn't, but he left it open that he might not be. And I, I fully anticipate him being the starting catcher on opening day, assuming that the elbow soreness is nothing more than just soreness. Right. Um, but it's the idea that he might not be, and yeah, you only have to wait 15 days if he's gonna he's re- not. I'm going to read the quote back. No, it's nothing to do with rules. He's in Major League Camp. He's one of the brightest talents in the minor leagues in the sport. He's been through a lot the past couple of years like everybody. I think if you're in Major League Camp, you got a shot to break with us. When you're not on the 40-man roster, it's oftentimes different than the guys that are already on the 40-man roster. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's going to do. All that sounds to me is like a way of saying, look, we're not going to announce it today. We're not announcing anything. Right, and and they wouldn't. You know, he has to I just don't understand why anybody was worked up. It, it, well, the beat writers have also been saying 
Robinson Chirinos presents a roadblock for for they actually use the term roadblock, which is disheartening. That doesn't, that doesn't make any. Which which beat writer said that? Uh, it was Nathan Ruiz. I believe a roadblock. A ro- a in his article, he said it presents a roadblock. He said it's not likely, but he presents a roadblock, and it's like no, a roadblock um, is a real thing. Yeah. Like if you say a potential roadblock, that's a different. I guess that's a different conversation, but that doesn't wouldn't be a way you would describe Robinson Chirinos. Robinson Chirinos right. is no roadblock. Five he's, years ago, he may have been. Yeah, but yeah, not correct. Now. But he's a guy at yeah. this point. That's he's all he backup. is. Yeah. He's just a guy. Um, I anticipate Rutschman's your starting catcher on opening day. I don't see why he wouldn't be. Well, I've said two times for me again, I'll go back to, I would not start him on opening day for business reasons. I would, if you're going to put him on the roster, put him on the roster, but, but try to use a game as Adley Rutschman's coming out party. Like, right. Yeah. Try to get a crowd for another game where you're not going to have a crowd. Like the cheapest, the Orioles are trying to do the thing where they've, you can't get in for opening day for less than 50 bucks. You can get a ticket, but you can't get a ticket for less than 50 bucks. The next night you can get in for 10 bucks. They can suddenly sell a ton of tickets if the next night is Adley mm-hmm. Rutschman's debut. I've maintained. I, I, I know we all want this one thing, but for business reasons, I actually think it would make far more sense for the Orioles to try to have an Adley Rutschman opening day. No, oh, man. If that, I, I already have my tickets for opening day. If I go to opening day, Rutschman's on the roster and he's not starting, I'm going to be pretty well, I would upset. announce it ahead of time. I would announce it this week. Still I would be say, upset. why? Why would it bother you? Because I have tickets for opening day. I got to work but the you next did, day. Did you buy opening day tickets because of Adley Rutschman or did you buy opening day tickets because of opening day? Because of opening day. Exactly. I think but I still want to see Adley Rutschman's I debut. Under, this is about you, Paul. This it is, is about me, damn this it. This isn't everybody else's problem. This is your problem, specifically. My problem is this. Not problem. everybody else has to work the next day. I will stand on a mountaintop. <laughs> well, it's not. It's, I'm sorry. I've got bad news for you. <laughs> Nobody's listening. Yeah, correct. <laughs> you can go up as climb as many mountains as you want. It's not going to impact anything. For business reasons, if I was the Orioles, I wouldn't do it. But if you want to say, for the sake of, of of good faith and trust, that they're always going to put the best players on the field, sure. Then Adley Rutschman, I guess, should be the catcher on opening day, because Robinson Trinos sure as f ain't the best player. Nobody's going to argue with that. Can to you me, just imagine Adley Rutschman makes the opening makes opening day roster. Then the lineup comes out. Robinson Trinos catching. I would announce it ahead of time. I wouldn't wait until opening day to make that clear because then you're not going to get the bang for your buck for the Adley Rutschman opening day that we're talking about. And I would even find some weird way of saying it, something along the lines of like, um, you know, for load management purposes, we're not going to play Adley Rutschman on opening day. We're going to play him the next day. Like I would find some sort of unique way of saying it. But we all know what you're really doing, which is you're creating an Adley Rutschman opening day. And that's exactly what I would do if I were the Baltimore Orioles in order to try to get a crowd for a business reason. Again, if they were trying to win baseball games, if I believed, then I wouldn't be playing around with any of this. But this is all in the context of I don't think they're going to win business game, uh, baseball games. They're, they should try to win business games. I don't think they're going to win baseball games. Um, but I get it. I get it. I get it. You want the best players on the field. Hey, uh Today's show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. You can play Underdog right now. Download the Underdog app. Go to underdogfantasy.com. They got great basketball, hockey contests, and baseball contests just around the corner. Use the code PRESSBOX. Deposit up to $100. We'll match it with free money for you to play with Underdog Fantasy Football. It's a lot of fun Um, for those of you that still are waiting to be able to bet on your phone or on your computer here in the state of Maryland. You can feel like you're betting with Underdog Fantasy Football because you can play player props and parlays and things along those lines. Again, underdogfantasy.com. Patrick Stevens joins us next. We'll talk about the brackets. We'll talk about the local scenario. We'll talk some lacrosse as well on Glenn Clark Radio. That first sip. That first bite. 
Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. Watch at YouTube.com PressBoxOnline. Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing, and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their smoky thigh wings with Guinness grilling sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their corned beef and cabbage, the shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben, and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer, and basketball. Find out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com. Baseball is back. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. You can find us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon talking all things Orioles and Major League Baseball. Like the debuts of Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez. And how the rotation and bullpen are rounding into form. Watch us live at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Or you can listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. That's the bat around live with the latest in baseball coverage every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, back in here on GCR. If you haven't picked up the print issue of PressBox yet, of course, there's Gary Williams on the cover. We celebrate 20 years, the 20th anniversary of Maryland's Men's Basketball National Championship back in 2002. Great conversation with Gary and so many of the players that uh, were a part of that incredible run. Again, you can go pick that up right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. It's Tuesday. Every Tuesday, we talk college sports with our guy, Mr. Patrick Stevens, at Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter, Washington Post, USA Lacrosse Magazine. Good morning, sir. How are you? 
I'm well, Glenn. How how is this fine morning? Everything is lovely around here. It'd be you know nice. It'd be nice if there was a, a local connection to the NCAA tournament. But as uh, you've shared a couple you, times, almost historic in how much there is no local connection to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, w- when you look at when you look at the Baltimore Washington area, and that's basically four teams in D.C. plus Maryland, George Mason, Navy, all the Baltimore schools. Throw in Mount St. Mary's while you're at it. Um, the last time there was zero teams among that group in the NCAA tournament was 1978. Wow. The, the, D, the D.C. drought is actually only a few years. It only goes back to 2018. That was their first time since 1978. But that was the year UMBC got in and, and beat Virginia. So uh, in terms of local hoops, what we're left with is Morgan State and UMBC playing in the basketball classic, yep. which is the reconstituted college – insider tournament so umbc's at home tomorrow night against merrimack morgan state goes to youngstown state and of course uh towson the caa regular season champions in the nit they go down to wake forest uh i believe that's tomorrow uh to play a seven o'clock game in winston-salem against the demon Deacon. and to be i don't want to mean to be dismissive of any of that at all because i get for programs like that it's significant to still be playing basketball and you know, you, you win a game or two. You know, Towson somehow goes down and beats Wake Forest. I don't care what the scenario is. That's massive. I mean, that's in, that's incredible for their program if they were able to be able to pull something off like that. It's just, you know, from, from where they were to where they are, it's it's kind of hard not to feel an amount of disappointment about that. It's... Yeah, I think I think that if you're Towson, the thing that you're really trying to guard against there, you obviously want to play well, but you also don't want any kind of letdown. You don't want to feel just so bummed out that you lost that CAA semifinal to Delaware that you go out and, and lay an egg. You you want to feel like it is almost like a a, sec, a second season of sorts for them uh, if you're the Tigers. And so you know sometimes you can run into a power conference team that's like so disappointed that you know I don't really don't want to be playing this NIT game. It's it's spring break maybe. I, I don't know if it is or not, but it could be down in Winston Salem. Right. And you know the place is the place is half full. You kind of have to bring your own energy. It's, it's pandemic basketball again in some ways, unless. Unless there's a bigger crowd waiting for the Deeks than I, I would anticipate, but uh, you know, I think that's a, that's certainly an opportunity. And you know what? If they if they win that game, uh, they're going to be playing fairly close to home in the next round because VCU and Princeton are the other team in that bracket. So there's a there's a chance that if they do win, that they'll be playing uh, somewhat somewhat nearby over the weekend or early next week in a in a second round game. All right, let's talk about the brackets. Give me, you know, I. I am really I'm hard pressed to to think that anybody truly got hosed. I know that Texas A&M would argue about that, but my God, there's 68 teams that get into this tournament. You know, it, it's kind of on you at some point if you didn't get in. But th- there it, there did seem like there were a couple of issues that you noticed in the way that seating kind of played out this year. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, first off, to to build off your your earlier point there, like it it's good that in basketball that we're arguing about number 37, right, being being hosed or number 48 really if we include all the automatic qualifiers that are above the cut line as opposed to arguing about number five mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know so basketball mm-hmm. has that over football for mm-hmm. sure so uh but it, it sure seems like that at, at about the time that indiana wrapped up its victory over illinois was when the committee stopped paying attention to any sort of results uh that occurred uh, <laughs> over the last nearly three full days of the of the regular season i mean essentially the uh, it seemed like the door closed at about two o'clock on Friday afternoon, and everything else was like, "Well, if you get an automatic qual- automatic bid, great, but that's going to be it." And so you see teams like Tennessee that weren't able to move up 
despite winning the SEC. Duke that wasn't punished for, for losing to a borderline tournament team in Virginia Tech in the ACC final. You see these things throughout. Colorado State lost in the Mountain West semis, and, and they were five spots and two lines ahead of Boise State, which won the tournament, won the regular season. And granted, Colorado State had a regular season sweep, but those two teams should not have been that far away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I feel like the difference between a two and a three seed and the deal that you have to face isn't that substantial. It's when you start tinkering there with the six seeds and the seven seeds, you suddenly turn a five into a seven or a six into an eight. That's when you start getting into real problems. That's when you throw a joker into the deck Uh, because you're suddenly making a two seed or a one seed playing a much more difficult game than you would normally anticipate. And so that's one of those that you'll look at, like the Connecticut team of 2014 that I thought was was clearly underseeded um and wound up uh wound up being a seven seed right. beats Villanova in the second round wins the NCAA tournament. Right. Think about think about Wichita State from a few years back that went into the tournament at thirty and four and got dealt a ten seed and had to play Kentucky in the second round. That wasn't that wasn't a treat for that Kentucky team either to have to deal with that. Uh and they didn't make the final four that year. They lost to Carolina. But that that's another example of you know, this is not this is not a whole lot of fun if you're if you're messing around with the with the seeding. Uh, it's more than just simply one team having to deal with something. It's multiple teams that have to deal with it eventually. All right, Patrick Stevens with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. I'm going to put the question out. And I'm going to pad for a second because I'm, I'm springing it on you, but I'm guessing it won't take you a very long to come up with the answer. I want to know if you could if you were to look at just the games themselves and say this is the city that I want to travel to this weekend because the games are the most compelling, the, the potential matchups are the most compelling. I'm going to spend three to four days in any one of these locations watching these games live this weekend. This is the place where I would want to be because of these games or these teams. What would be the one city that would stand out most to you as far as the, the games that are going to be played? Well, that's a good question. I would say, I would say there's two that stand out to me. One is the potential of getting a Villanova-Loyola-Chicago game in yeah. Pittsburgh yeah. to go with Houston and UAB, to go with one of those two teams against potentially Illinois. Even that Illinois-Chattanooga game, Silvio D'Souza, former Kansas Jayhawk, yep. playing for the Mox now. Yep. I mean, that's not, a, that's not a chippy for the Illini at all. And I don't think Houston is going to have the easiest of times against UAB either. So, so Pittsburgh stands out on that front. The other one I would say um, – I feel like Buffalo is going to have fun games. Like Iowa Richmond is going to be fun. Um, if South Dakota State, I mean South Dakota State could shoot Providence out of the tournament by twenty in that first round game. South Dakota State shoots almost forty five percent from three. So can you imagine yeah. South Dakota State and Iowa going back and forth? Yeah, I mean that has that has a hundred and eight to a hundred and seven written all over it. Um, and then the other games aren't terrible. I mean, UConn, New Mexico State isn't bad. Arkansas-Vermont has significant oh, no entertainment value. No doubt. Uh, I, I don't know if that was the best possible matchup for Vermont, but you know that's a team that just won three games in its conference tournament by 30-plus points. So uh, you know, needless to say, they're playing well. So the two East Coast sites there are, are the ones that probably, uh, that probably stand out to me the most. I mean, it certainly helps when you're looking at it that you're talking about two fours and fives there as opposed to you're starting out with a one seed and and you know you probably have one dud right out of the shoot. 
Patrick, give me, you know, you brought up Colorado State earlier, and David Roddy certainly would be high on this list, but give me maybe the player that the rest of the country doesn't necessarily, you know, fully know, unless unless you're an ardent college basketball fan, you might not be familiar with this guy, but there's a real chance that by next Monday morning, you're going to be very familiar with this person's name. That is another really good question, and, and I, unfortunately, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a name that is going to play in one of these play-in games that will be fun okay. As I as I as I think about this, and that's the nation's leading scorer, Peter Kiss of Bryant. Okay, um, who who is well traveled. Uh, believe he began his career at Rutgers. Has got a let's put it a, a degree of feistiness to him, um, and so that's somebody I, I think that you would be wise to to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, here in the first few rounds of the tournament, uh, just kind of thinking about this overall. Like it's, again, I, I do think that's a really good question. Overall, um, I don't know if there's one that really, really stands out on and the, that. Front. The problem I mean, with this question, see, for those that don't know, is Patrick knows literally every player on every roster. So I got I mean, I'm asking look, him to dumb look, it down let's, at let's, this point. <laughs> let's let's let's, um, let's go with the guys on Davidson. Okay. Um, Young Jung Lee and and uh, and Luca Brockovic. Yep. Um, those are guys that you know. It's Davidson, so you know they can shoot. Uh, Brockovic's the A10 Player of the Year. I think he's somebody that uh, that you should know about. And here's another one in an eight nine game. Uh, Matt Bradley, the California transfer for San Diego State, um, is is somebody uh, the, to keep an eye on. He's had a great year. He averages I think 17 a game for the Aztecs, which is more than double anybody else on that roster. Uh, they play Creighton in a first round game. Winner almost certainly gets Kansas in Fort Worth. I feel like you know you bring up Davidson. A lot of people are just sort of saying, "Hey, this is Tom Izzo in March," so you're penciling in that Duke Michigan State showdown. But boy, I I, I absolutely love Davidson, and even to the point where if they get through Michigan State, I think they could give Duke fits in the second round. I absolutely agree with you. That is a that is a really nasty piece of work that Duke has to deal with as a two seed. Uh, you almost wonder if they'd be better off as a three, right? I mean, yeah, right. Maybe where they should have been. Yeah. <laughs> if they were a three seed, you know, you're right. Like they'd probably they'd probably still be in Greenville, but I think the path, like if they could be a three and get the same six eleven like that Wisconsin has, like LSU is, some, mm. I think something like mm. seven and twelve since or seven and ten since the middle of January. Iowa State's eight and twelve since Christmas, like. That's a six eleven game that, that if you're filling out your bracket, you almost want to put no one advanced. Right. Um, well, like, and, and there's no, and now LSU doesn't have a coach. And now LSU, <laughs> LSU doesn't have a coach. But right. as I pointed out, like um, uh, Kevin Nickelberry, the former Hampton and Howard right. coach, right. Is, is the man that is tasked with being LSU's second interim coach in the NCAA tournament in the last four years. Remember, Tony Benford was filling in for a suspended Will Wade back in 2019 uh, when they beat Maryland down in Jacksonville. But in between those stints between Hampton and Howard, uh, Nickelberry was the head coach of the Libyan national team. How about that? So this is kind of a piece of cake in terms of, (laughs) uh, you know, a situation that's maybe not, you know, in terms of nerves and whatnot. I mean, being being, uh, the head coach of the Libyan national team 12 years ago, uh, is is something that undoubtedly can produce a lot of stories. Saying a bit tougher, maybe, than uh, being an interim coach at LSU. I don't know if I disagree with that. Um, all right, Patrick, one more on the basketball front. I, I, do you have a gut? You know, I, I keep getting asked, hey, when's Maryland going to hire their coach? And all I can say is, like, well, it probably depends on who they're going to hire because there are basketball games to be played, right? And like, if they want to hire somebody who's about to make a Final Four run, they're not going to be able to do it. But I get the sense 
that schools would like to have a coach in place by the Final Four because of the convention that goes on at the same time. I, it's just something that was pointed out to me by a couple of people. Do you think that ideally in their mind they'd like to have a coach in place by the time we get to the Final Four? Yeah, I, 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 think, uh, I think that's probably a, a decent target. Having said that, if the coach that they're seeking or if they're trying to hire an assistant off of a staff mm-hmm. um, and that team's playing in the Final Four, I mean, that kind of sells itself, right? Yep. yep. So I don't think that's a hard and fast thing, but but certainly – you know, there's 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 an incentive to get this thing going, right? Like you're going to have to dive into the portal and get guys. I think that's just sort of a reality that you're you're facing. At the very least, if you're Maryland, you figure you're going to be down Fats Russell, you're going to be down down Eric Ayala. You need to find some scoring immediately mm-hmm. for next year, uh, even if it's a stopgap while you go and you know recruit for the following season. So I think there's some incentive on that front. I always tell people, you know, as people, if you say, oh, well, all these people are getting hired and it's like a race. It's not like a race. Like you're making a hire for the next five years, not for the next five minutes or for the next five days or the next five weeks. You want to make the right hire that pays off over the long haul. So I'm not saying slow and steady wins that race, but you don't want to be rushing into things. Now, Maryland obviously has a fair bit of runway here. Three three plus months worth of it, so you would think that they would have a pretty decent idea as to what they're looking for. Uh, they obviously have a search firm that they're working with. Uh, you, you know, the search firm has its candidates that it has lined up that it, that it probably favors above some others. So th- there's probably a fairly short list already. Uh, I'm just kind of curious to see uh, ultimately, you know, what direction they go in, because it still seems like it's, it's sort of a mystery job, right? Uh, you know, you look at, you look at how, you know, Georgia struck very, very quickly. Um, and frankly, they basically hired a guy that had sort of the Mark Turgeon profile, wasn't particularly popular with his, with his fans, uh, you know, was usually good to win a game or two in the tournament. Um, but wasn't you know wasn't overwhelming, and so he gets Mike White from Florida, and Georgia had that job open for less than a week. So you know if you're Maryland, uh, you know you probably have guys that you're expecting to uh, to, to target there and talk to. Uh, I don't know who that is. My guess is there's probably a little bit of uh, of that flavor of the week element to it. Like, are they going to just pick off? the head coach of a seven-seater below that wins two games in the next few days. Hmm. Could be. Hmm. That's an interesting thought process. By the way, the assistant thing is, it's hard to not look at what Tommy Lloyd is doing in Arizona and say to yourself, hey, maybe that's the route you should be going in finding a coach. Like, it's worked out okay for them out there. What's what's George Holcavage's story at Villanova, right? Like, who's, who's that guy that's been at a program that is a proven winner that maybe could replicate that somehow? I, I just... Watching Tommy Lloyd this weekend really made me think about that a little bit more, Patrick, because, my God, what a job he has done clearly at Arizona. Um, all right, on the lacrosse front, um, bigger bigger victory or, or, or more significant story to you from Sunday, Hopkins beating Syracuse or Loyola somehow beating Duke? I think Loyola beating Duke. I mean, there's obviously the subplot of Petro comes back to Homewood and and Hopkins gets a victory, but it's not a, it's not a particularly great um, right. Syracuse team right now, they're two and four. They've beaten Holy Cross and Hobart. I mean, they've got to go, I think it's five and three the rest of the way simply to have a chance to make the NCAA tournament. And that's a five and three that includes five ACC games plus a game against Cornell. It, it's an uphill climb. 
Uh, but if you're if you're Loyola, uh, that is a victory that can really help turn your season around. You were one and four. You hadn't even played all that great in the one victory against right, Lafayette. Right. And now you pick off Duke. Uh, and now you're back into conference play for most of the rest of the way. They still have Georgetown to go, but it's basically Patriot League play the rest of the way. And it's time for them to basically figure things out and, and maybe catch some fire here in the next few weeks. So and, 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 Kevin, the, if, and Kevin Lindley suddenly being a Dodger is is that, uh, that's news, yeah, isn't it? Significant. You know, that, that, that's a that's a welcome development for Charlie Toomey. No question. Uh, so I, I think if you're Loyola, that that gives you. The sort of hope that I think that Charlie had been kind of looking at after that Rutgers game, where they didn't play poorly, they were right in it with a top ten team, one one or two goal game, uh, and and so that sort of gives you that evidence that hey, you, you can figure it out, and that goes along with how they salvaged last season in the final month of the year. They dug themselves a bigger hole this time around, and you have to deal with the reality that all these Ivy League teams are floating around this year, too, that you have to contend with for, for NCAA tournament berths. But if you're Loyola, you know, you get that game, maybe you pick off Duke, maybe you do have some wiggle room in the Patriot League tournament. Perhaps, you yeah. catch some fire here in the next month. Yeah, got to be Georgetown probably in order to make that happen. But, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. All right, and then uh, quickly, obviously, a big one this this Saturday down in D.C. with – Maryland, Virginia kind of feels like like a, a, a massive early season showdown and maybe preview of what's to come in the NCAA tournament. And, and a review of what was. Right. I mean, the last time they played, 17-16 to 16 on Memorial Day, pretty fun up in East Hartford. And neither team has lost since. They're both 6-0, and oh, both rolling along. I mean, I think the, the general sentiment kind of talking to coaches in the preseason was, well, you've got Maryland, Virginia, and Duke in some order, and then everybody else. And Duke hasn't necessarily held up their end of the bargain, but the other two teams have. Uh, you know, Maryland has a victory over Princeton, uh, which has played well. Virginia has obviously picked off Hopkins and Syracuse and, and a few others so far. So uh, should be a really fun game, and I don't think anybody would be surprised if those are two teams that see each other back up in East Hartford again in May. All right, let's play our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? I've got respite for you because there is a five-team guy. I hadn't – he's active, and that's the reason why I hadn't included him, but this one should be a cakewalk for you. A very accomplished player. Of course, a former Cy Young winner, a five-time All-Star, and still active to this day, five teams for David Price. David Price has been a Tampa Bay Ray. Most certainly. He has been a Detroit Tiger. He most certainly has. He was in Toronto. He was. Very brief stint with the Blue Jays. He was in Boston. Yep. And he was a he is a Los Angeles Dodger. There Dodge. you go. So that one uh, will be the easiest five-team guy you'll ever do again. That will be the case. So with that in mind, maybe let's give do something a little bit tougher. How about uh, the four teams for a one-time All-Star, a, uh, a man who remains in this area to this day, how about the four teams for Mike Bordick? Mike Bordick. Okay. Well, I think three of them are pretty easy. Yes. Right? Oakland, Baltimore, and the Mets. Exactly. Right? And then and where then did he finish? Be, there's a fourth team that's sort of hanging on there. In at the 2003, end. after he came back to Baltimore, he ended up spending one season elsewhere. Actually, a really good season that I did not realize oh. how well it was. In 2003, he finished up his career. Where would Mike Bordick have gone for the tail end of his career? Um, 
Did he go to Toronto? He did indeed. He did go Toronto. Very nice. Very nicely done, sir. I actually, for what it's worth, I did not remember that either myself. Paul Valley well, certainly I did, but I didn't entirely remember it. But I, I, I vaguely thought that whatever that other stop was was a was an American League East stop. So, all right. What is the? Uh, what, what, where are you? What's in your world this week? Where are you going to be? <laughs> Well, aside from my living room, yeah. I'm going to go catch that UMBC game on uh, tomorrow night. Okay, uh, that basketball classic game against Merrimack. Uh, that that was an event that they hoped to get 32 teams for. They got 21. So uh, it's a bracket that they basically sort of build on the fly, depending on who advances and what have you. So, to anyone's guess, when UMBC's next game would be after that, when it could be next week, could be even later. I am to understand um, it would be this weekend. That's all I can share. I am to understand because it affects my life in a certain way that it would be at some point this weekend. It's, okay. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, you know obviously you mentioned the doubleheader down at Audi Field, Virginia tripleheader really because uh, I think it's Catholic and. Uh, um, Hampton Sydney, I think oh, okay. it is, that's playing right. in a D three game. But you have Maryland and Virginia, and then Duke and Towson, back to back down there. So that's uh, that's the Saturday play. I hear there been a lot of tickets sold at that event too. I hear there's quite quite an audience that is expected for that double or triple header on Saturday. At Discourse D one S course is how you follow him on Twitter, the Washington Post, and of course USA Lacrosse Magazine. Patrick Stevens, always appreciate it, my friend. Thank you, and we'll talk to you again next Tuesday. All right. It's... Awesome, Glenn. Take care. Patrick Stevens joins us as he does every Tuesday talking college sports. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. I spent some time last night with On and Coppin, the documentary that uh, Jerry Bembry made about uh, the 25th anniversary. We tried reaching out to a couple of Coppin guys. Hopefully, maybe we'll get one this week. This week is the 25th anniversary of their stunning upset of South Carolina in the 1997 NCAA tournament. Antoine Brockington being the guy that led the way. And the doc, which was uh, narrated by Snoop, Felicia Pearson, um, really sort of talks about how Fang Mitchell built the entire program. It's It culminates with the game. It's not really just about the game. It's about how he was able to build this program at a commuter school in West Baltimore, you know, in not the best part of town where there were no, literally no dorms when they went D1. They did not have dorms at Coppin when they went D1 and how Fang was able to get it from there to a place where they kind of became a juggernaut in the MEAC and then ultimately pulled off that just stunning, stunning upset of Carolina. And there have been, you know, obviously, you know, UMBC, of course, becoming the first 16 to win, and there have been a few more 15s, but that was only the second 15 seed to ever beat a two seed at that point in the NCAA tournament back in 97. It's crazy because you know that my college basketball proficiency mm. is waning yes. um, at best, but I remember where I was when Coppin State won that game. I was at my grandmother's house on the couch with my cousin watching L- it. Lose them. I had no connection to Coppin. I had a lot of connections to Morgan growing up because my grandmother taught there. I had no connection to Coppin whatsoever. I didn't know anybody who went to Coppin. I had no, you know, as a kid, like I've got some now, obviously, as an adult. I've got a f- quite a few as an adult. But as a kid, I had zero connection to Coppin whatsoever. At, at that point, I guess I would have been 14 years old. I mean, I, I couldn't even sworn to you that I knew, like, that they were the Eagles at that time in my life, right? But I was losing my effing mind. It was an afternoon game. I mean, I remember it quite well. 
Um, what I really remember is they should have beat Texas in the next round. Like they one thousand percent had that game. Like we bring up the fact that UMBC really battled Kansas State in the second round, but like they they couldn't hit a shot. They they just couldn't score during the course of that game. They they played great defense and they kept it close for a long time. Coppin absolutely should have beaten Texas in the second round. It should have been the first 15 seed. It ultimately became Florida Gulf Coast that was the first 15 seed to make a Sweet 16. Um, but they should have been able to do that. It was a hell of a team, and it's very much worth watching. It's on ESPN Plus uh, this month on and Coppin. Um, it's about uh, 45 minutes, something like that. A uh, really good doc that uh, Jerry Bembry made about that 97 cop, and really the build for Fang Mitchell leading up to that upset of South Carolina in 1997. How long till we get a UMBC doc? You know, it's funny because um, Kevin Coward wrote the book, and <sighs> my gut would be that with next year being the fifth anniversary, it'll be the first time that, that anybody attempts to revisit it in some sort of mm-hmm. way. What that way is, I'm not sure. Um because the, I, I still think it's it's tough. Like Ryan Odom right now, I don't really know how much he you know he's trying to accomplish things. Like I don't know how much he wants to do that stuff, being out at Utah State, trying to turn them into a power, and spend a lot of time reflecting on something else. I just don't know. I don't know what his interest level is in that. So I bet this would be the first time I think that you would you would see something like that would be five years. I think you got to give it some distance. I can't believe it's because it's, five, it's well, will, years. it will be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you got to give it some distance in order to there be something fresh or new, or just not a reminder of the thing that happened. So I I think it's the first time, but I I think it'd be more likely like around ten years somewhere mm-hmm. around that to to revisit it then. All right. Uh, still to come this morning, Jonah Schaefer is going to join us in the Baltimore Sun. We'll talk about what the Ravens, frankly, have not done so far in free agency. Um, I got a couple other things I want to get to. Thanks to Nick Kelly. He just signed on, got his uh, uh, spot in our bracket contest. If you have not gotten yours, again, Venmo, Glenn Dash Clark, PayPal, Glenn Clark 180, or Cash App, dollar sign, Glenn Clark Radio. Need you to do that in order to get in. Glenn Clark Radio, a Tuesday edition of the program. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org. The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore Police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have you Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. If you missed it last night, Stan the Fan Charles caught up with Doug DeSensei. Great conversation with the former MLB PA rep about everything that came out throughout the course of the CBA negotiations and the end of the lockout. You should go check that out right now. It's available at facebook.com slash Sports. You can also find it pressboxonline.com slash video, but a great conversation with Stan the Fan and Doug DeSensei about the fallout from the, uh, the end of the lockout and the new CBA. Speaking of which, who was I delighted to see the news yesterday? That Major League Baseball and Major League B- and the MLBPA are back in conversations about fixing the biggest problem that came from the new CBA, the end of the extra inning rule. Apparently, don't know why, but both sides looked at each other and said, wait, what are we doing here? As I kept asking, who wants this? And as I posed to Bob Nightingale last Friday, which was the real Bob got, Bob Nightingale, correct. That, correct? We did talk to the correct Bob Nightingale. Yes, correct. Um, as I posed to Bob Nightingale, I said, Bob, like, what, who was fighting for this? Who does this benefit? And Bob's answer, which sort of, told me what I needed to know was, well, it was just a rule that was put in place for the pandemic, so the pandemic's over, they're getting rid of the rule. Which said to me, nobody wants this because it's not good for anyone. No one is benefited by the possibility of marathon baseball games. It doesn't help the players. They make no more money. They end up getting option the next day because the team needs more players on the roster to cover for everybody that had to be on the team. It doesn't help the owners. They can't sell any more tickets. They can't sell any more advertising for extra inning games. All that might end up happening is that you pay some hourly workers within the stadium more money while you're not making any more in the process. You can't sell any more beer. You've shut down concessions. There is nothing to be gained. 
nothing, zero from these marathon baseball games. There was a a, uh, a a particularly intelligent human being last night, and I don't know all of Devin Fink's story. I know he has written for Fangraphs, and he's worked for the CAA, and he is apparently a student at Dartmouth. I've heard wonderful things about Dartmouth. They uh, They rejected me, believe it or not. I didn't quite make the cut at Dartmouth. It was my safety school, though. It was the, the good news for me is I wasn't I, – I was good at UMBC. Dartmouth was my safety school. How about school. Cornell? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, unlike Andy Bernard, I just couldn't quite make it. Couldn't quite make it there. So Devin Fink gets, uh, gets the baseball. The people that want to be angry about this for the sake of being angry about it, because, again, we don't, we don't like change. We don't just well to change. He sends out um, the following last night about a paper that he wrote. He sends out that the – uh, extra inning games were roughly 15 minutes shorter in 2021 than they were in 2019. But each individual extra inning actually took longer to complete. This and other findings from a paper my friends and I wrote for a class. I started diving into the paper. It ended up being way too much for me. But the points that he's trying to make is sort of like, well, yeah, you think you're shortening the game, but you're not because the innings are actually longer themselves, which makes all the sense in the world because you're starting an r- inning with a runner in scoring position, and so the pitcher's got to pay attention. And can't just go up there and delivering there's a lot of strategy strategy that's involved and with a runner on second inning the inning is more likely to be longer because you might try to move the runner up there's a billion reasons why the inning the inning itself might be longer but the point is all of the people that were sharing this brainlessly and saying this is proof that it's not even helping are missing the point you're purposefully being obtuse because you think you hate this. Because you think it's not baseball. The point is, they don't want marathon games anymore. It sucks! You're romantic about the time you watched all 18 innings of a baseball game. In Baltimore, everyone is romantic about the time you stayed up until 4 in the morning, what, 5 in the morning, to watch that game out in Seattle. But if that game was being played by the 2021 Baltimore Orioles, we wouldn't have all been staying awake for it. We were romantic about it because the team was good. And we're romantic about a lot of things that happen when the team is good. Marathon games suck for everyone. Seven, eight, nine innings worth of watching guys stand up there and swing for the fences and miss sucks. Uh, a couple of years ago when Stevie Wilkerson got that save in that long game out in L.A., it's the first time and the only time in my entire life I fell asleep before the completion There's of the game. There's nothing I, watchable I, about it. I it's was so awful. upset. But if they had had a runner on second base, there's no way it would have gotten that. Of course it wouldn't have gotten there. And again, you're holding up – because people bring up, well, what about Stevie Wilkerson getting the save? Because sometimes you let position players pitch when you get in the marathon games. It was games. at 3 a.m. <laughs> my God, man. The team wasn't good. There were like five people that were invested. And I get it, it was an anomaly, but Stevie Wilkerson's long gone from Baltimore. Well, it's it's only ever going to be a blip on the radar screen. It will have long been forgotten about years down the road. Somewhere someone's going to be like, remember who Stevie Wilkerson was? Oh, yeah, I kind of vaguely he also had that great catch, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it, it's nothing. You're, you're clouding your own judgment because you don't like change. You got 15-minute 
less per game, but longer innings because the innings were better. You got incredibly captivating theater. Must watch baseball. The exact opposite of what a game would be if you go into the 10th inning and you know you could be there all night. That is an invitation to leave. After nine innings to say, I'm gone. Meanwhile, if you know the innings are starting with a runner on second, there's going to be action. You're going to want to stick around and watch that. I'm not suggesting they start playing the first inning with a runner on second base. You've got nine innings. You have an entire baseball game to determine a winner. Can't do it? Fine. Let's get good baseball. The other thing sucked and benefited no one. This is so logical, I can't believe they're doing it. It would be so Major League Baseball to do something completely illogical that helps no one. This is better for everyone. And those of you that continue to just want to be purists for the sake of being purists, that just want to live your life of, this isn't the way things were, so it's not how I want things to be, God help you. I get it. I struggle with change too. I promise you, we all struggle with change. Nobody likes it when mom and dad break up. But we're going to be okay. And in fact, it's already been proven that we're going to be better because this product is better. Better than what we had in the past. So glad that they've come, gotten their brains together and said, what are we doing here? Maybe we go back to that. Today's show, also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Love Glory Days Grill. The St. Patrick's menu is available right now. The smoky thigh wings with the Guinness grilling sauce are perfection. The Reuben, the Rachel, the shepherd's pie with the Guinness braised beef. It's all delicious. Get your order in right now, glorydaysgrill.com. Still to this moment, the Baltimore Ravens have done nothing in free agency. You cannot possibly be surprised by that. Joining us now to talk about what they might do, he is, of course, our friend from the Baltimore Sun, where he covers the Baltimore Ravens. Jonas Schaefer back with us now here on GCR. What's going on, man? How are you? Morning, Glenn. How's it going, man? Everything's all right. You got uh, you got somebody in mind that you think should be the next Maryland basketball coach? Don't get me started, man. It's, uh, it's depressing out there. It's depressing. I, I would rather they, you know, go high risk, high reward, and uh, just not be stuck in the kind of purgatory that they were. So, so, were, so were you in the just good enough to kind of you know string them along? Just you know, take a risk on on someone who's a little outside the box. Were you, were you in the Patino camp? Were you? I kind of weren't. You know, came around to it. Obviously, not a big fan of his moral failing, but <laughs> I think he would have been a nice guy to, to you know set them up for for the next coach. Um, he's obviously not going to be a uh, you know, a lifer in college park considering his age and, and his, uh, you know, his interest in golf and horse racing and all that kind of stuff. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about the Ravens. Let's talk about what they haven't done. I, do we make anything of the fact that here we are, you know, nearly 24 hours into this and Bradley Bozeman still hasn't signed anywhere? Do we make anything of the idea that maybe this could end up working out in their favor that he could come back? Yeah, I think it's possible. Uh, but you look at the two teams that were, you know, haven't really made a huge moves interior offensive line. Uh, the Panthers and the Giants, I believe they still have more cap space than the Ravens. Obviously, 
they are two teams with more needs than the Ravens, uh, as hard as that may be to, to believe, considering just how many needs the Ravens no do doubt. have. But, uh, you know, the Panthers are getting rid of uh, Paradis, Paradis, however you pronounce his name. He wasn't good for them, so they'll need a center. Uh, you know, they could be an option, or Lindenbaum, Linderbaum could be an option, I guess, for them, depending on the kind of, uh, you know, run scheme they want to run. Um, and, and then the Giants, you know, uh, old friend Matt Skur is there. Billy Price um, didn't have a great year, obviously, you know, bounced around the AFC North with the with the Bengals for a little bit, uh, former first-round pick, who I kind of mentioned as a possibility as a fallback option for the Ravens mm-hmm. if they didn't really like anyone, but he's not a great pick. So, I would imagine that those two teams, um, you know, would have the kind of inside track if they want to take it, but you know, it's tough to tell without knowing just you know the valuations of, of uh, someone like Bozeman, um, you know, from from inside those those guys' front offices. Well, it also but, uh, I would say it's promising. It, it also seems like that I, I can't ignore the way that they do their business. That there just might be a part of them that says, you know, we kind of we kind of want. Bradley Bozeman to sign for big money somewhere else because that's our only real shot at getting like a significant compensatory pick next year and I, I don't think you do that in the detriment of your football team I think if the market comes back around to you that Bradley Bozeman's sitting there you sign them but I, I just can't help but think about the way they do this math in their heads that they've probably been thinking about the fact that Bozeman was their shot at a really good comp pick next year I think there's the consideration, but when you consider that Yannick Ngakwe, what, signed for $14 million yeah. a year yeah. last year, and I don't think Bozeman, you know, what did Jensen get, like 12 or $13 million a year? I would be surprised if he beats that. And, you know, the cap goes up every year, the spending goes up. So I think at most the Ravens could get a fourth-round pick in next year's draft. And, again, that's the end of the fourth round. So I don't think that is front and center for their mind uh, in terms of their spending. I think they just have a... You know, Eric Dacosta is a, uh, a shrewd negotiator. I think he has a price point in mind for, for these guys. Um, and maybe Bozeman gives the Ravens a little bit of a hometown discount because, you know, he and his wife love it here. They've, they've really made a home here. But I don't think compensatory selections, with Bozeman specifically, is going to drive their decision-making. All right, what do you – Jonah Schaefer is with us. He covers the Ravens of the Baltimore Sun. Generically, not necessarily names, but generically, what do you, would you almost be surprised if they don't do between now and next week? That's a good good question. I think probably tackle, off of the tackle, just because of the sheer number of guys who are becoming available and the guys who were already hitting free agency. I, I don't know if you can go into next year's uh, into training camp uh, this summer with just Ronnie Stanley and Patrick McCary and Juwan James coming off an Achilles. And, you know, that, that's, that's about it. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty bare there. So, um, you know, you can get a second-round pick there. But again, there's a learning curve. I mean, even someone as talented as Orlando Brown didn't start until basically midway through his rookie season. And even then, that was kind of a, you know, a rocky start for him. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I think we shouldn't overlook the fact that, uh, you know, the theory that was maybe disproven a little bit last year, you know, Lamar Jackson having him healthy back there kind of takes some of the steam out of opposing edge rushers, you know, gears basically because you don't want to overrush a guy as fast as he, he does, a guy as fast as Lamar is. So I think that, you know, it does give the Ravens a little bit of a cushion in terms of you don't necessarily have to go out and get the best guy. But I do think considering everything that happened, considering, you know, Eric DaCosta basically admitting the failings that, that he and his front office had this past year with not giving the Ravens enough 
um, you know, backup plan to tackle. It would be pretty surprising if they didn't find someone who they could plug in there, you know, week one and be a, a passable veteran starter. Um, as far as the guys that are out there that are former Ravens, right? Zadarius Smith, Michael Pierce now both out there. And look, there's been the, the thought is they need to do some work on uh, the, the front seven defensively. I, 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 I don't know that we can say anything more than I, I think both at the right price kind of makes sense. I think the real question is what is the price for guys like that at this point? Yeah, I think it's interesting when you think about the nose tackle you know, situation. Obviously, uh, seeing Jordan Davis do what he did mm. uh, certainly got my interest. I, I didn't really think he was a, a possibility at 14, but then you see what he ran at the combine, and you know, people talk about his possibility for being a pretty disruptive pass rusher. I think that's what I'm focused on if I'm investing in significantly in a nose tackle. Uh, one thing we don't really know with Mike McDonald is just what kind of system he will favor in Baltimore. And just to kind of nerd out a little bit, if the Ravens are going to be a you know a too high safety team, which means you know a lot of cover, cover four, um, some cover two, then you really have to have um, you know some guys up front who can be that kind of Michael you know Michael Pierce in his prime, Brandon Williams in his prime run stuffers we don't need that extra safety in the box to you know, take away the threat of the run i know you know it's more of a passing league than it's ever been but you still need to have that protection up front that was what you know got the chargers in trouble so often last year mm-hmm. and that's why they've made all these you know moves this year so without really seeing what mike madonna wants to do with this defense it's tough to tell if they want another you know big 330 pounder plugging up the zero tech the one tech um i think you know someone like Pierce, um, if he's healthy at the right price, would make sense. But you know, you're not going to pay Brandon Williams, you know, the, the no. twelve twelve million dollars a year. Obviously, that he that he earned last year, that was, I think, a, a pretty risky gamble. Um, you know, as it was, and I was you know kind of surprised that they brought him back at that point because, you know, even retrospect, you know, they they finished with the NFL's number four run defense, I think, in terms of efficiency. <laughs> look, look at that, look where they got them. Look where that where they, look look where they look where that got them in defense overall, you know what I mean? So um, it's tough. Um, I think Zadarius Smith is interesting, but again, you're talking about a guy who's coming off a back, uh, you know, pretty bad back injury. They already saw just how debilitating a back injury could be with Derek Wolf. Obviously two different guys, two different injury histories, but both getting up there in age. Um, so they're going to have to do their due diligence and make sure that Zadarius Smith is a guy who can, you know, possibly play 20 21 games in the season if they see this team right. as being you know willing to contend for a Super Bowl. It's it's a weird it's a weird bit with Zadarius where you're like I, it's a back injury. When you say the word's back injury, like you immediately back off and then you're like, "Well, yeah, but he got back out on the field for the postseason. It's not like it, it's very difficult to, to 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 figure out how you measure those two things when you're talking about Zadarius Smith. Um Jonas, you and I have not spoken about all of the bluster in the last couple of weeks related to Lamar Jackson. And it, it has been tough for me to separate what is bluster, what is just everybody's trying to find something, so let me throw this out here and see if it sticks, versus what is significant. And at the end of the day, why really these sides haven't figured it out? Like, why really we don't look and say, hey, here's what the market is, whether you like it or not, either you're doing it or you're not. And on the flip side, if you're Lamar Jackson, and let's just say the Ravens are not, why you aren't being louder about that and saying, trade me to a team that will? Because there's desperation when it comes to quarterbacks. The Steelers are going with Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, Kirk Cousins got $35 million bucks from the Minnesota Vikings. If you're Lamar Jackson and the Ravens aren't going there, 
Why aren't you screaming? What? What do you? It's. I just keep coming back to the word weird when it comes to all of this because it's hard for me to really define it. But what do you make of all of this bluster and how much it's truly impacting the Baltimore Ravens right now? Weird is definitely a good way to put it. Um, I, I think it's tough to say because Lamar, uh, you know, does not have traditional representation. I was just kind of joking with some people earlier that maybe the uh, the best reason for bringing Bobby Wagner into Baltimore would be so that you <laughs> you can have someone who's negotiated his own big money deal. You can have a you can have a peer for Lamar Jackson, mm. you know, someone who could show him the ropes of, of how. All right, here's what you got to insist on. Here's how you drive a hard bargain because, you know, it's not like hiring an agent is going to take that much money out of Lamar's pocket. You know, these these agent fees are capped, I think, at three percent in the NFL. Which, you know, let's say he signs a four hundred million dollar contract, that agent is going to make out nicely. But if Lamar gets screwed in some way um, because you know it's a certain guaranteed money that he's not getting. Or, you know, he gets more salary than, than signing bonus, which obviously is not what you want. Then does that 3% really matter all that much in, in the big schemes? I mean, you know, it's a huge, hugely different animal now being a, a guy going for your second contract than, you know, coming in as a rookie because all of those rookie deals are slotted and there's just only so much wriggled room for the contract right. details. So it's very, very strange. Um, there's not a lot of transparency there with what's happening on Lamar's side. Obviously, you take Eric DaCosta at his word um, that, you know, they're reaching out to Lamar, that they're entering this into good faith. You know, you, you, you read these agent surveys and everyone says that Eric DaCosta is a, you know, an upstanding GM who is going to return your calls, is going to give you, you know, a fair offer and a fair shake for, for what, you know, his team, for what his front office is trying to do. Um, so, you know, I don't really know what's going on right now. I think that's the consensus around the Baltimore Ravens reporters in general. Um, you know, it is interesting just to kind of consider the uncertainty affecting, obviously we know, you know, not having um, a deal this year probably you know, takes six, eight, ten million million right. out of their right. cap room this year. But then also next year, you know, they're going to have a decent amount of, of cap room. But uh, if you are thinking about signing a big guy to a big deal, then you are operating with a little bit of uncertainty because you don't really know what Lamar's cap figure is going to come in next year. So this thing just has a snowballing effect that, um, you know, the Ravens would love to have wrapped up sooner than later. Well, and there's the, if you have to use the franchise tag, that's, that's all going to hit yeah. you at once. I mean, like it's, that, that really does hurt you in that scenario. And it's why, it's why it just doesn't make sense to me. Joe. It's, it just doesn't like, it seems like everything is there. All of the blueprints are there. Just get it done already. <laughs> right. And on that franchise tag note, I mean, I've seen varying accounts of, of what the tag could be next year. I think I've seen like over $40 million, which I don't really jive with considering it wasn't anywhere close to that this year. I think over the cap had it at like 31 or $31.5 okay. million dollars for next year. But, you know, if you are, you know, you look at kind of how these contracts are set up, um, Obviously, the cap hit tends to escalate over the years because it kind of it rolls with the salary cap. So, yep. if you know the Ravens, let's say you know the first year of the Lamar deal is only a fifteen million dollar cap hit, then the difference between fifteen million dollars and thirty one million dollars is a huge, huge notable. deal. <laughs> thinking about you know trying to backload a contract for a guy like a Tyron Matthew or a Bobby Wagner, you know, we don't know exactly how the Ravens would structure those deals, but they went from paying Earl Thomas, I think $2 million salary his first year to wanting to pay him 
10 million dollars uh, is you know his next year before you know all you know kind of hell broke loose on right. that situation so it's not insignificant um the the kind of ramifications for operating in the dark the way the ravens are right now with the lamar situation all right he is jonas schaefer from the baltimore sun you need to be following him right now at jonas underscore schaefer that's schaefer with two f's on twitter as the next few days unfold jonas schaefer always appreciate you my friend thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning let's talk of again course, man. all right buddy take care man Jonas Schaefer checking in with us here as we continue to wait to see if the Baltimore Ravens will make a move. Hey, coming up in just uh, five minutes, Simply the Bets. We do it every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. It's brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. And then every other Thursday now, you'll be hearing Weekend at Bookies, also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. So not this week, but next week for Weekend at Bookies and every week for Simply the Bets, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 11.40 a.m. Tidbit brought to you today by the Baltimore Police. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.com. Org. All right, so yesterday we talked about Tom Brady unretiring to come back to the Buccaneers to make at least one more run at his eighth Super Bowl. So we're going to play off of that a little bit uh, this today. Already? The odds of Tampa Bay winning next year's Super Bowl when Brady retired were plus 2,800. After his announcement, they jumped to plus 750, tied with the Bills for the second best odds in the NFL. I'm sorry, not tied with the, I, the Bills the, had the best odds. Yes, yeah, they're tied with. Um, oh my gosh, I put the wrong team in, but they're tied with one other team. Oh, that's not, behind, this is not good. Behind the Bills, who Can- are at plus Kansas City. Seven. I think it's Kansas City. I think I believe it's Kansas City. They had the second odds previously. Yeah, I believe they're tied with, with Kansas City at plus seven fifty. <laughs> Sorry, I I put oof, the same team twice. Oof, if Brady, who already owns more Super Bowl victories than any other franchise, were to win again, it would be the Buccaneers' third title, which would still be more than 19 other franchises. In each of the four American sports, what are the top three teams based on championships in each sport? And can you name how many no, for each? I definitely can't name how many. And here's There's a hint. No Remember, chance. NFL is including Super Bowls and NFL oh, championships. For Christ's sakes. There's zero chance I'll be able to get that. Less than zero chance that I can Come get on, that. man. I have faith in you. you NFL you, championships? You got Otto Graham yesterday. Yeah, I just, I honest to God, all that was was think of an old football name, and that's a rabbit, that's, man. Yeah, that was the first thing that came to mind. So I'm definitely not going to get the. Um, all right, anyway, the Lakers. Uh yes, they are tied uh, for first with 17. The Celtics with the Celtics at 17. The question is, who is the third? Like, and I, and I, there's a real chance there's a significant. I'm guessing there's a significant drop off between significant gap. Yeah, a double digit gap. Yeah, so I'll just say the Bulls then. The Bulls yeah, at six. six. Um, in the NHL, the Canadiens. Yep, they are first with 24, and then another significant gap. Um, the Red Wings. The Red Wings have 11, but they're third. Ooh, there's somebody between the two. Mm-hmm. Huh. The Bruins. No. The Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs, 13. You got to go back a ways for those. All right, uh, baseball, the Yankees. Yep. 26, first, right? Or 27. 27. Yeah, 27. I always forget about that last one. Um, I do, too. I don't know who the they, the Buccaneers are tied with on in the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Buccaneers are now second by themselves. The Packers and the Chiefs now tied for third at plus eight fifty. So I, I looked know. last night and it was plus. It, they were tied with another team at plus seven fifty. Maybe signings today. Uh, perhaps, perhaps. I don't know why the. I mean, I guess because we now know it's Tyron Matthews definitely not going to be back in Kansas City. I don't know. That's weird. Anyway, um, the other two for baseball, the. Um, 
God, because you got to really think back on. There have been a lot of baseball championships. Um, the Giants. No. The. The Dodgers. Nope. Keep in mind, they won their first one two years ago. In a while, but they, yeah. the, I mean, like, they had won. I'm trying to think of, like, the first half century yeah. of the 1900s and who won championships then. The Athletics. The Athletics are third with nine. It's been a while for the Athletics, too. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, man, you got to think, you got to really Touché. think back. Touche. Um, the Braves. No. Just got to think about it. They've only won, like, four. Even in going back to Boston, mm-hmm. really? Mm-hmm. That's a little surprising to me. The I think you're gonna be you're gonna be mad at yourself if you don't I'm get this. Mad at myself? Well, I mean, I, there's only so many teams. I could probably get it at some point. Yeah, but if you don't get it quickly, I, I'll just say the the Cardinals. The Cardinals yeah, make with a lot of 11. sense. It makes sense. All right, and we're back to the NFL, including NFL championships. So it could be the Browns because they won a ton of those. It's not the yeah. Browns. Still doesn't surprise me, but it could have been the Cowboys. Nope. They've won a lot of Super Bowls, but not a lot of championships. The Giants. The Giants are third with eight. The including championships. The Raiders. No. I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna run out of time here. The, they're, they're division rivals. The division rivals. The, the 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 football fellers. No. The division rivals. Oh, they, oh, these two teams. These are, two they're teams not are division div- rivals of the Giants. No, these two. So teams. the Packers the and Packers, the Bears. The Packers and the Bears. Okay. Packers thirteen, Bears nine. All right, very good. All right. Uh, quick reminder: know the risks and have a plan before you start gambling. For free and confidential services, call one eight hundred Gambler or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Here's what's coming up tonight. Totally tubular-wise, the NCAA tournament technically does get underway with the first four. Texas Southern and Texas A&M Corpus Christi at 640 on True TV, then Indiana-Wyoming tonight at 910. Uh, Maryland and Delaware baseball today at 3 on Flow Sports. Islanders Capitals at 7 on NBC Sports Washington. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Panthers Sharks at 1030. NBA TV for Suns Pelicans at 8. Um, Champions League action on Paramount Plus today. Uh, Aox and Benfica at four. Man U and Atletico Madrid at four. And then Tennis Channel for Indian Wells. Great win last night for uh, Jensen Brooksby beating Steph Sitsipas. And uh, the USA Network for WWE NXT at eight. Some non-sports highlights. Um, Phoenix Rising Part 1, Don't Fall at 9 o'clock on HBO. If you go on HBO Max, you can find Part 1 and Part 2 streaming. Um, and then st- nothing noteworthy. You're missing the big one. Mr. Mayor is back tonight. That's Mr. the big Mayor. one. That's significant. I've that never show even heard is of tr- you're oh you get get your get your head out of your ass and figure out what it is that you're missing. Mr. Mayor is uh an you know, I think I heard of it for the first time over the weekend. Well, you should probably pay more of more attention. It's outstanding. Ted Danson plays the mayor of LA. It's it's of the ilk oh. of a Parks and Rec and and What's, shows what like that. Is that on? It's on oh, NBC. Oh, oh I, I haven't listed here. Well, Mr. Maybe, Mayor Maybe, maybe you should I, do a little I, bit more. Bobby I, Moynihan is delightful on that show. Didn't realize too. it was delightful. a noteworthy. It is outstanding. Young Rock at so, 8 o'clock. That is not outstanding. Mr. Mayor is outstanding. Holly Hunter plays this kind of crazy chick that works in the... I mean, it's just an outstanding show. Happy that that's back. All right, thanks today to uh, Patrick Stevens. Thanks to Jonas Schaefer. And thanks to Brenda Freeze. We'll get all that up in the Greatest Hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. On the program tomorrow, Charles Davis from the NFL Network is going to join us. 
Um, Pat Drew Forrester will check in. Chris Hinton. We're supposed to. He hasn't gone uh, back in a time The son yet. of former Baltimore Colt, Chris Hinton. Christopher Hinton from Michigan, who's a top draft prospect this year. And, of course, played for Mike McDonald last year. So we're scheduled to chat with him tomorrow as well and stuff and things. Thanks, everybody. Oh, and I think, you know what, there's a local there's a local kid who's playing in the NCAA tournament, but I don't want to give that away either, but I think he's going to join us tomorrow. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Baltimore Police, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino and Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Blue Line Canine, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday night. Go Maryland baseball. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. If you're with us audio-wise, do nothing. We'll be back shortly. If you're with us on video, give us one minute. Refresh YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, and you'll have Simply the Bats. Welcome in to Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, where I'm going to be this coming Friday hanging out with former Terp Rodney Elliott, watching the hoops with you from noon to four with great giveaways and specials. Looking forward to being there again, noon to four this Friday for the tournament, and uh, those are glorious days. For those that don't know, FanDuel Sportsbook is going to be opening at 9 a.m. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for your day-long betting purposes. You want to get there early, camp out, have a spot that's yours and yours alone for the rest of the day to just watch basketball and bask in your glory? First of all, you should email events at sportssocialnd.com and see if you can't reserve your spot. But secondarily, get there early. The FanDuel Sportsbook opens at 9 a.m. Of course, there's also the 24-7 betting kiosks that are available and as always uh there's 63 of them now by the way there's 63 betting kiosks they've added 12 more and uh of course it's just the best place to be and on top of everything else as if they couldn't be doing more for you in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel they are also offering you the chance if you put in a $50 bet on any NCAA tournament game any game at all in the NCAA tournament you make a $50 bet and you lose don't crumple up your ticket. Don't rip it up into a billion pieces out of anger. Don't look back in anger, I heard them say. Instead, take that ticket over to the hopper that you're going to see. You'll know. It's one of those giant, uh, you know, sort of, I don't even know what you, you call it a basket, I guess. But you know what I'm talking about. There's a reason why we call it a hopper. You take it over there. You put your name on the back of it, your information on the back of your ticket, you put it in there, and you will be registered to win a $500 bracket bonus. Even if you make a losing bet, any $50 bet on an NCAA tournament game gets you a second chance with that $500 bracket bonus in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. You can't ask for much more than that. This man 
Speaking of can't ask for much more, he tried to help you out. He tried to make you some money last week. He didn't go five for five, but his big one was a big one. As he told you to bet Cal State Fullerton to win the Big West tournament at plus 700 odds. They were like the fifth favorite in the league. And they were victorious, and you could have made a boatload of money if you had listened to our pal Aaron Oster from VEASAN, who's up first here on Simply the Bets. What's going on, dude? How are you? Said cash that ticket and had a couple of uh, other nice cash, including Iowa winning the Big Ten. So uh, pretty happy about that. Oh no, it was a good week for you. Then great, uh, good to have you back with us. But that one was a big one. That one was a big one at plus seven hundred for Cal State Fullerton winning at the Big West. All right, so what does your life look like this week? By the way, like what? what how how camped out are you out in Vegas? Well, you know, I'm I'm kind of pouring over the bracket. I'm looking to see as all of the various books come out with their props. Everyone does things a little bit differently, so trying to figure out, you know, exactly where not just for the single games, but betting Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four, where the uh, the best lines are everywhere, and then kind of dashing around town to place my bets uh, accordingly. And then, of course, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Actually, I'll probably be spending a lot of it over at the Circa one of the uh, biggest sports books in the world here in Vegas, and also have a nice pool. Yeah, so the, was it the, the Circa Swim, I have noticed that. That looks like a pretty cool place to hang out and watch games. It used to be that you had to go to Vegas in order to be able to experience this. Now it's kind of nice for us in Maryland that we could just wander down to a live casino and hotel and camp out for four days in the glory exactly. of the FanDuel Sportsbook and feel that same feeling where we're like, wow, we've been sitting in this same seat for 12 consecutive hours. <laughs> maybe There's nothing like it. Maybe nothing we should like it at all. stand up and walk around a little bit. Although I, I guess we, do that. Well, we got to do a little bit of walking to, to get the bets in. Like You have to do a, a, oh, minimal, okay. a minimal amount of walking in the process in order to make that happen. All right, it's, uh, it's time for Aaron to give us our five L's for the week. Not five losses, no, five particular bets that you should be thinking about that all happen to start with the letter L. We begin with a local bet, Aaron. Where are you looking this week? You know, I, I really wanted to be able to say I'm looking towards the NCAA tournament. Yeah, all right, thank you. Thank you for the reminder. Then. Yeah. The Maryland but women are in the NCAA tournament, huh? That, that is absolutely true, absolutely true. I'm not going there, though, um, despite not being in the NCAA tournament. Of course, there is an IT game so when it comes to Towson, and Towson facing Wake Forest in the first round. And uh, I kind of looked at the spread a little bit. I Honestly, I, I think the spread is right. It's, it's eight right now. I, I don't really want to touch that either way. And the NIT is just funny because it's almost like bowl season where you're kind of playing armchair psychology. Had no idea, right? Who who wants to be here? Like it's easy to say that Towson would want to be there more than Wake Forest, but I think Towson is far more reason to be disappointed in not being in the NCAA tournament than Wake Forest does. Exactly, that's exactly what I said. Both of these teams went into conference tournament week expecting to be in the NCAA tournament. Wake thought they'd get in at large. Towson thought they would win the conference and make it. Uh, both of these teams have to be a little bit disappointed. But, of course, neither team really had big expectations going in to the season of being in the tournament. So it's tough to say. So we're going to put that aside a little bit for now and, and try to look at this you know, a little more logically. The total in this game is uh, 149.5. It's actually gone up a few points since it opened. It was some unusual line movement uh, when it opened, I believe, around 147, 147.5. It actually went down before shooting back up to now 149.5. And, And, you know, this is kind of a, when it comes to tempo, two completely different games. As good as Towson's been offensively, they're a very slow team uh, tempo-wise. Wake 
is uh, very fast. So, again, going back to the armchair psychology thing, I think this is going to be a game where Wake, while I think that they're going to win this game, they're going to be content to play at Towson's pace. And that's just kind of the way I'm seeing it here. I think it's going to be a slower game, maybe similar to that Towson-San Francisco game uh, early in, earlier in the year that ended 71-61. Towson, okay. Towson games have been going under a lot more than they've been going. Well, not a lot more. 17 out of 30 have gone under. Wake is about an even uh, team when it comes to overs and unders. So while these teams are actually both good offensively, I think this game just between the disappointment, between the quick turnaround, all of that stuff, I think this is a game that both teams will be content to play slowly. So I see this going under the 149 and a half. Okay. All right. Under on Towson. By the way, and I'll throw this out to you because it was brought up to me by our buddy um, uh, 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 Brad Feinberg from uh, Bet Prep last week who sort of said, when we get to this time of the year, I am more inclined to look at the unders in general. And he threw out a couple of things. And this worked for me in the Big Ten Championship game because I played the under there. You have teams playing games in in short turnarounds. You have teams, the intensity of the situation leads into maybe digging in a bit more defensively than you do the rest of the year and valuing each possession a little bit more significantly. I'm not saying, obviously, you're going to bet every game, and certainly Vegas knows the same thing as we do, but are you maybe a bit more inclined to bet an under this time of year than you might be the rest of the year in college basketball? Yeah, you saw it in conference tournament play, where especially in those early games, uh, when there weren't a lot of fans necessarily in the stands, that games were going under at a tremendous clip. Now, this is a little bit different in the NIT, because they're uh, at-home arenas, the team's comfortable there, you didn't have to travel as much. However, again, like if you're Wake Forest playing in the NIT, or Students really packing the the stands for that one. And a lot of these places, a lot of these places are spring break too. Right, exactly. So it's one of those situations where, yeah, I do think the environment contributes. It's not quite as simple as I think in the NCAA tournament, particularly the early games of any session, if it's especially if it's not involving you know one of the real local teams. I think the under is the right play between the neutral courts that they're not familiar with, the big arenas, and again, in a lot of these cases, it'll be big arenas that aren't filled very much. So yes, I do think the under tends to be the right play. And, and, total. and the word nerves comes into mind in the NCAA tournament too, right? That you just, just just a little bit. Yeah, like there, you there, you just notice there, situations where you're like, oh, you are feeling the moment a bit. <laughs> There, there are obvious exceptions to this, of course. And, and by the way, if, if Bryant uh, beats Wright State and it's Arizona, Bryant just blindly play the over because that could be right, like yeah. a 120, 100 right. type game. Peter Kiss, the nation's but, leading um, scorer on Bryant, yes. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on. Let's go into long – let's go long term. Let's go – what's a futures bet that you like a lot this week? Yeah, I mean, this will be the one time that I go off of March Madness here just because when I'm thinking long-term, I'm trying to give you, you know, something that you yep. have to hold on to a little bit here. I'm going to the NFL draft as you're seeing more and more props start to come out. Uh, I was I was really disappointed, by the way. I'm just – this is a selfish thing. Uh, I was like, as soon as I saw that the Jaguars tagged Cam Robinson, I was, like, racing over to try to, like, bet on Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson again. And – um yeah, it did not take long. It was pretty no. rapid how the odds shifted. I was not able to get in on Aiden Hutchinson before he became the overwhelming favorite once again to be the number one overall pick. Yeah, he is an overwhelming favorite right now. And and by the way, you do need two tackles on a team, right? I, I'm not sure that that uh, Evan Neal or Ikea Kwanu isn't the right play right now at, I believe, plus 710 to 1. 
Like, I could still absolutely see the thing. And by the way, Kayvon Thibodeau is also going to really impress in pro days. Obviously, he did, he's pretty good at the combine. And don't count him out either. But yes, Aiden Hutchinson is a massive, I believe, minus 420 right now favorite for a reason. But I'm not going with the number one overall pick. I am going, uh, they're starting to put out the first uh, player at each position. I'm looking at offensive line right now. And right now, uh, Ikea Kwonwo is the favorite at minus 115, which I don't think quite adds up. Uh, Evan Neal is quite and simply a, a physical freak. You look at him, you know uh, GMs, you know owners are going to absolutely fall in love with him. Uh, he absolutely killed it at the Combine. He's even money, plus 100 right now, to be the first offensive lineman taken. And I, you can say uh, Conwell's the better just um, uh, skills player, but I don't even know if it's that big a difference there. I think it's far more likely that someone in the top five, if they're going to fall in love with an offensive lineman, it's going to be Evan Neal. So I like that at even money. I think that he should be the odds-on favorite. What's even weirder about that, and I get it, it's, it's based on the teams that are drafting there, Evan Neal is the second favorite to be the number one overall pick, with Aquanu behind him as the third favorite. But yet Aquanu yeah, is the favorite to be the first offensive lineman taken. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with liability. Evan Neal was getting all the buzz about the Jaguars before the combine, before they tagged uh, Cam Robinson. And so they took on a lot of money for Evan Neal. I think that's part of it. And for whatever reason, they believe that Aquanu is the better prospect. But... Again, there's a reason that everybody was betting Evan Neal first. And so, yeah, I I like Evan Neal here. That's really interesting. All right, now as we continue the five L's with Aaron Oster, our buddy from out in Vegas at VEASAN, he's with us here on Simply the Bets. So let's go next to a long shot, a big underdog that you love. Oh, man, all of these are so – there are so many bets I love for March Madness. I've already played quite a few. Um, So there there are – I'm going to give you a concept here, and then I'm going to give you like a more direct pick. Okay. One concept here is instead of playing a team to win the championship, go ahead and look at the most outstanding player market that you can find at FanDuel and play whatever the best player is on that team. For example, if you like Kentucky, you can play them at plus 850, perfectly reasonable bet. But you can also go and play Oscar Shibway, who would very likely win most outstanding player for the tournament if Kentucky wins it. At plus 1,600, um, you can go down and let Jaden Ivey, Purdue, plus 2,400, Jabari Smith, Auburn, plus 2,500, and down the list. Obviously, there are some teams that are a little harder to do that with. Gonzaga, obviously, has Drew Timmy and yeah, Chet, Chet Holmgren. Holmgren. Yeah. Few, you know, a few other teams that way. But, you know, similar to how if you bet on a team, play Super Bowl MVP instead, kind of look at that here with the most outstanding player. So that that's kind of an overall concept. It just what you're but, sort of saying is it improves your odds slightly, right? Like I, it, it's more than slightly. Like I said with Shibway, it's 1600 instead of plus 850. With um you know, if Villanova wins, Colin Gillespie, he's uh 30 to 1 while Villanova is 20 to 1. So it it's more than a little bit. You're getting, you know, 150% up to 2 to 1 no, I got you. Uh, yep. on your money. Yep, I got you. All right, now give me give me one more specific then. All right, so looking more specific, and I'm looking at the Sweet 16, looking at some of these lower seeds, and there are a couple I like here, but I'm going to go just strictly with my heart on this one, and I know that will make you and, and all your listeners happy as well. Uh, give me Davidson Ooh. plus 650 to make Ooh. the Sweet 16. They're the ones that uh, take out Duke, you say. 
I, I do say that. I think that you know, they are going to have a tough matchup with Michigan State. But if they make it past Michigan State, that offense seems tailored to just wreck the Blue Devils right now. It's a senior-laden team, great guard play. We saw the way in the ACC tournament that perimeter shooters were just lighting up Duke. That's why they lost to Virginia Tech. And don't forget Bayheim, and not even Buddy Bayheim was uh, going off against Duke behind the arc. And Davidson is just absolutely tailor-made to do that. I think Duke, while they could be a physical presence and this could end up being a high-scoring game, I think that this would be a complete nightmare matchup for Duke if they uh, end up facing in the second round. And they absolutely could uh, end up bouncing Coach K and uh, ending his career. I mean, it would be wonderful news, and even better if you uh, laid a little bit of money on it. Look, we all know they can score. They can shoot for, for sure. I... I, I love it. I'm I'm waiting on – I want to throw some money on South Dakota State to make a Sweet 16. That was my other one. Yeah. South Dakota State is plus 780 to make the Sweet 16. They're the other ones I'm really looking hard at. It's, um, like I said, I'm, I, I'm placing a lot of bets, so sometimes it's hard to narrow this down. But those were the two that really jumped out at me. Um, and if you want to go real extreme long shot, you're looking for another Sweet 16. Colgate, I think, is a little bit interesting, and they're uh, up over 10 to 1. Um and I you know boy I like Colgate too and uh, you know do we know what so so where where is Johnny Davis at this point where are we with him that's I mean that's the big question isn't right. it where exactly is John, no no one knows and they're not going to say anything my guess is he's obviously he's going to play we we saw him play before right. um my guess is he's not going to be fully healthy that's in that's this, the uh, and they're and they're just such a drastically different team and there's nothing to like at all about the LSU Iowa State matchup like that's just a turd. So, you know, yeah, sure, Colgate, be bold. Do it. Do it. Go be bold. All right, uh, let's move on. Give me your loser. Who? What's What's the bet that you look at and say, nope, stay the F away? Um, for me, it's Baylor plus 240 to win the East. Baylor has faded down the stretch. They're 8-4 and four straight up in their last 12. They lost to Oklahoma in the conference tournament. LJ Cryer, even though it's not official, I think it's pretty clear at this point that he's out. He was out for the season, and they just didn't want to say it in case, um, you know, it affected their seating. Obviously, Jonathan Chamwachachua is definitely out. I think they're just too banged up in a really tough region. That includes Kentucky and UCLA. Yep. I don't even think they'd get a, a real tough game in the second round, whether it's UNC or Marquette. You know, if they're completely healthy, this number might be around where it is. As it stands right now, a banged-up Baylor team plus 240, I don't think that line makes any sense. I need probably better than 3-1 to one to even start considering them. I think this is a really bad bet on Baylor. I, I completely agree. I am a, I'm a fighting Johnny Juzang in that region myself. I am a believer in UCLA making the run one more time. And then give me the bet that you love. Just something that you say, go however you got to do, hop on a scooter, crawl however you need to get to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Go do it right now. Oh, man, this is – how do I just pick one? These are all my babies here. I have so many bets I love right now. Uh, I will give you a single bet for the weekend, and then I will give you a futures bet that I love. The single bet for the weekend, uh, I think and, – and this is, you know, it's a little square. It's a little trendy. But you know what? As Huey Lewis in the news once said, sometimes it's hip to be square. Yes. Give me South Dakota State plus two versus Providence. I mean. This is one where there, I had two ideas going into the tournament that no matter which way the bracket went, I was going to be playing a certain game. One was I love South Dakota State. I thought no matter who they were playing, I was going to play them on the line. I thought I'd be getting five or six. 
I was very happy about that. Another one was I was going to fade Providence. You've heard all season now they've been, you know, based on statistically metric, the luckiest yep. team. We saw them get blown out in the Big East tournament, and I think that's much more of what they are than their overall record. Just as I do like that team, I just think this is a horrific matchup for Providence. The line came out, it was two and a half, went down to two. Give me South Dakota State plus two over Providence. We're essentially at this point saying we think South Dakota State's going to win the game, and I am I am in agreement with you on that one. Yeah, I, if you want to take money line, sure. Yep, yep. I I agree with you. And then what was the long-term one that you wanted to throw out? Uh, Kansas plus 200 to win their okay. region. I think they got the best draw of all of the one seeds. I don't think, you know, they, they have Auburn down there. I yep. think they can absolutely destroy Auburn. I think uh, plus 200 is a really nice value. I think this should be closer to even money, quite frankly, for them to make it. I, I think it's just a really good play. All right. Very good. At the A-Oster is how you follow him on Twitter. And Aaron, what's VEASAN got going on this week? Uh, obviously, we have all of the March Madness uh, guide. We have the full guide out breaking down everything from factors that uh, go into Cinderella's, from upsets alert, from futures plays. We have everything on there. It'll be on the tournament guide. You can get it all, uh, including all full uh, all access coverage through the tournament for under $20. So check that out at VEASAN.com. Very good. All right, buddy. We will talk to you next Wednesday. Uh, please, may you, may you have similar success because we are on uh, – the same wavelengths on a few of these things. So I am I am rooting for you this week, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday, all right? It's... Hey, hope everybody has uh, fun watching all the tournament action and, as you said, winning some money. No doubt about it. All right, buddy, we'll talk to you. That's Aaron Oster from Visa, and he checks in with us every Tuesday here on Simply the Bets. When we come back in, Bruce Billick, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. He will share with you more about what bets are available to you, lots of props, and what's going on throughout the week. It is my favorite week of the year. We're talking about it here on Simply the Bets. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing, and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their smoky thigh wings with Guinness grilling sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their corned beef and cabbage, the shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben, and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer, and basketball. Find out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com. The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out BuyAToyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on Simply the Bets every Tuesday. And don't forget, we've also, of course, added Weekend at Bookies into the rotation. Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday morning at 11.40 a.m. Also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Want to encourage you to bet responsibly, as always. It's very important that you know the risks and have a plan before you start gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1 800 Gambler or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Just taking a look at how these numbers have shook out. I told you last week that I loved Villanova as a Final Four team. And just sort of looking at the numbers post bracket release. As to where teams are, Gonzaga remains a heavy favorite to reach the Final Four at minus 140. Arizona at plus 145, Kansas plus 200, Kentucky plus 240, Baylor plus 240, Auburn plus 260. Villanova is up to plus 390. I still like them at that number. I still like that number. Iowa plus 390. Duke could be getting too much money. That's been backed off a little bit there at plus 460. And then rounding out the top 10, a tie between Tennessee and UCLA. I, of course, have already said I really like UCLA there at plus 500 as well. That's a number that I would play. That's as far as final four odds are concerned. As far as a national champion is concerned, Gonzaga, of course, the favorite, 3-1. to one. Arizona at six to one, Kentucky plus eight fifty, Kansas ten to one, Baylor twelve to one, Auburn sixteen to one, Duke seventeen to one. Villanova continues to be intriguing to me at twenty to one. Then Purdue also at twenty to one, Tennessee twenty five to one. That's where Texas Tech and Iowa are, and I still can't dismiss the thirteenth favorite to win the NCAA tournament, UCLA at thirty five to one. I can't help but think about them there. So those are the updated numbers as of right now from the FanDuel Sportsbook for both the Final Four and the National Championship futures odds. That's what's available in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. 
Speaking of which, joining us now, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. I am, uh, I'm frankly, frankly, I'm surprised he's even able to breathe this week because I know what a week like this looks like in the sports book. Here's our buddy Bruce Billick, and he's back with us. Bruce, are, are like, are you just living in the FanDuel Sportsbook for like the next five days, or will your family even get to see you? Well, I probably will not see my family until next Monday. Yeah. but this is kind of what we uh, what we live for. These are the, the weeks and the. Uh, the times that we really, really enjoy. So can't can't be uh, more excited. No, it's an awesome week. And I was telling everybody earlier, so for people that don't know, you guys are opening up. we got special hours this week for the NCAA tournament, correct? We do. So Thursday through uh, Sunday, we're going to be open 9 a.m. to midnight. Uh, so everybody can come in. We'll have you know some Bloody Mary bars, some mimosa bars, so everybody can get started early and enjoy uh, the, the full, you know, aspect of the tournament starting on Thursday morning. I love that, man. Oh, these are my favorite days. And, of course, Rodney Elliott and I will be back on Friday from 12 to 4, hanging out with some great giveaways, watching games. I felt really good. Bruce actually saw me as I ran up to cash my first ticket on Sunday when we were there. I was so <laughs> proud of myself. I won. I hit the under in the Big Ten Championship game and I comfortably hit the under, in fact, in the Big Ten Championship game. I was high-fiving. And then I was immediately brought back down to earth because I thought I could get Memphis at 10 and a half and... <laughs> They just they just packed it in in the last few minutes of the AAC championship game. So uh, my li- giveth and taketh away was the story for me on Sunday. We'll see how Friday goes. Uh, Bruce, what jumps out to me is lots of props now available for the NCAA tournament. All of a sudden, like the span of two days, um, there have been all sorts of fun bets. What has jumped out to you? What's really catching your eye in terms of props related to the NCAA tournament? Yeah, again, props, though, the thing I always like to look for is, you know, these regions, you break these regions down and you really try to find out the one or two teams that have, you know, a potential of getting out of there. Again, you and I always talk about, you know, can you get some, some good odds, get them to the Final Four, and then once you get to the Final Four, it's kind of anybody's game. Anybody can win a game or two to get in. Um, so I always try to look down and break down the regions and figure out who are the who are the major players who could, uh, you know, potentially stun some uh, the one, two, three seeds, uh, and kind of look at it from there. Okay, and any any number that you in looking at the regions or looking at the final four odds, anyone's number that's sort of uh, in particular. I'm remaining on both Villanova and UCLA. I'm not backing off of either one of them, Bruce. Yeah, you know, I mean, some of the some of these uh, the the regions are set up well. I think Kansas has a has a nice. I agree. Uh, path to the final. Four. I agree. Uh, and two to one, you know that that's. You know, I'm always talking about plus plus money. That's plus money there. Um, you know, I think their their biggest competition in that region is probably going to be Auburn. Yep. Uh, you know, Auburn's playing some good basketball. They struggled a little bit in the SEC tournament, got bounced early. Um, but I think if you look at that bracket, that they they have a pretty good chance of getting out of that. Um, so that's one that that pops out to me. There are some some very intriguing matchups in the first round um, that I'm looking at that I I, I think. You know, the number may have been been uh, set up a little differently. You know, I really, really like Davidson. Uh, that Davidson Michigan State matchup is uh, one that that caught my eye. Uh, I think the, the Colgate number uh, might be a little long. I think they could get make it in there I, to the. Uh, I agree. That eight points. Especially if Johnny Davis is still not right. You know what I mean? Like I one thousand percent like that Colgate number. Yeah, and then the, the the biggest one that stood out to me, and this this just might be me from kind of watching basketball over the year, but I think New Mexico State getting seven points, I actually think they have a, a very, very good chance of winning that game outright. So 
Uh, you know, if you can get them at plus seven or plus two forty on the money line, I think that's going to be one of those matchups that um, they could potentially knock off a perennial power UConn. All right, so here's the one because we're going to be there twelve to four on Friday. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my money on Yale at plus fifteen and a half against Purdue. That's the one I'm gonna ride with. I I, I don't know, maybe it's because I happen to tune in for some of the Ivy League tournament over the weekend. I got this funny feeling about Yale, man. Like, they are battle-tested, and that number just seems too big to me. And the problem is the the one that I really like is the 430 game, but I might have to leave before it's over. That's Chattanooga (laughs) plus 7.5 against Illinois, right? So, like, I I might throw some money in there and then just come spend some more time with you this weekend. We we might end up uh, getting an apartment together at some point, Bruce, how much I'm going to be down there. Absolutely. I like like Chattanooga plus 7.5 against Illinois, too. Yeah, again, there's some some great lines out there. I watched. Obviously, you were there on Sunday. Prior to that, the Yale Princeton Ivy League championship game was on. Yale uh, was a three and a half point dog and ended up winning that game outright, pretty significantly. Um, so they they're they're a team that that's playing some pretty good basketball. You know, Purdue's a really really big team. Uh, so you know, it could potentially pose some problems for Yale, but. Uh, that fifteen and a half number does—it um, looks a little long. It's a big number. That's a big number. All right. So Bruce Billick, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. If someone's never done this before, we've been talking for the last couple of weeks about how you used to have to go to Vegas in order to experience this, right? If somebody's never done this before, where they show up, say eleven thirty on Thursday or Friday morning. Of course, Thursday also being St. Patrick's Day. Ooh, that's going to be a day. Um, <laughs> They show up to hang out, watch hoops all day, make bets, win. Like, what, give me a suggestion that you would make, almost as if you were someone's parent. <laughs> like, they're doing this. They're coming to hang out. Give me some suggestions about how they should be betting, pacing themselves, you know, like what, whatever it is. Give me a suggestion about the experience in the sports book for the first couple of rounds of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, so my first my first uh, recommendation is don't show up at eleven thirty on Thursday. You got to get there early. Uh, this is these are four days that are going to be it's going to be a jam packed room. We're sold out uh, pretty much for all tables and and majority of the chairs from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So uh, there will still be you know availability to kind of sit and watch the games in some other areas. But um, you know, get in there, have some fun, know what you want to kind of bet on. Um, and just remember, it's a long day. It's a long four days. There's there's always another game to bet on either today or tomorrow. You know, play responsibly. Make sure you stay within your means, and mm-hmm. you know, enjoy what what that that this whole tournament means for people. You know, again, I, I talked about it a few weeks with you here, but uh, for me, I'm I'm fired up because this is. I remember opening up a sports book two years ago, and this all being taken away from us. Um, so just to have it back and people so excited. Uh, you know, COVID not being the talk of the town. So uh, for me, it's 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 almost uh, we're back to normal. Uh, so that's what I'm just fired up about that. I can't wait to see a room full of people in there eating, drinking, you know, placing some wagers and, and really just getting back to enjoying uh, the things we do as Americans. I, I mean, I, well said. Well said, man. I am fired up to be there Friday too, dude. Like it's just going to be, oh, oh it's going to be a tremendous, tremendous couple of hours in the uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook. So a couple of things I want to highlight that you guys have going on um, that I've mentioned a few times already during the week. If if you come and bet a game during the NCAA tournament and you lose, you might still win. Can you explain that a little bit better? Yes, yeah, so you may be talking about the promo that we have going on. So we do have a promo that if you place a $50 wager, 
and you are a Live Rewards member, uh, you can enter into our contest, which basically uh, at the end of March Madness, you enter um, and you have a chance to win. Uh, you know, we're going to give out $500 to 10 different individuals, uh, so a total of $5,000. So you do uh, have a chance to win some decent money even if you do end up losing or winning your wager there. So the concept is, like, let's say on Friday you come down and you hang with uh, Roddy and I, and let's just say your name is Schmlen Schmark, and you're a Live <laughs> Rewards Net member, and you bet Yale to cover 15 and a half, and they lose by 21. You don't rip yep. up your ticket in that scenario. You don't get very angry and fire it across the room at your friend Rodney Elliott, who's making fun of you for making that bet. No, and I even make a, I make a suggestion prior to that. As soon as you place that wager, go on to, there's a website, and we can help you with that in the sports book. Okay. Uh, we have plenty of staff available to help. There's a website you log into on your phone. You basically put in the slip ID that's on the ticket, and... Anybody in the sportsbook can help show you where that is located on the ticket. Okay. You enter your name, your live rewards number, and that basically enters you automatically into that contest. So you don't even have to go. I was really excited about the hopper aspect of this. I was when I when I was yeah, I was not doing the hopper. Oh, I do love a good hopper, my friend. I got to be honest. <laughs> There's two things that I love about uh, it's it's the hoppers and it's the cash machines. I love both yeah, of those things. The last promo we did with the hopper, it took too much space up behind the counter. I needed to get this one electronic. All right. So. Uh, makes it a little bit easier for everybody. All right, so that's what you'll do. There'll be a website. You'll go there. You'll register your ticket. So whether you win or lose, and that's the point. Like even if you even if you win your bet, you could be a double winner. You could both exactly. win on the bet and then win a five hundred dollar bracket bonus to boot. Yep. The only restrictions are it has to be a fifty dollar more minimum wager, and then you obviously have to be a live rewards member. And then you just put that information in, and you're good to go. Oh, that seems like a very good deal. And then the the new kiosks are open and available. There's just in time for the NCAA tournament. There there could not be more kiosks for you in order to get your bets in. Yeah, so we actually had uh, ten more kiosks arrive this morning. Uh, the staff's working pretty hard to get all that set up. We should have them up and running by this evening, tested, approved by the lottery. So. Uh, we were hoping to have them up by Thursday morning. We got them here two days earlier. So, um, you know, we have now, the again, we we had the most kiosks of any sportsbook in Maryland. We've added to that to make sure that, you know, the crowds and the lines are not long. The one thing we do pride ourselves on is if you come in, you know, the line may look long, but I will tell you it moves pretty quickly. You might have to wait five or ten minutes to get your wagers in, but um, that's actually a pretty quick time compared to uh, most sportsbooks around the country. And so what's the total number of kiosks now that are available? So that moved that we added 10 today, so that's going to move us to 61. We have two that, that uh, are still being shipped. They're a little bit delayed, so we're going to get to 63 here hopefully by the end of the weekend, awesome. and then uh, we'll see where things go from there. That is awesome. All right, anything else that jumps out at you that people should know as we get ready for this 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 Super Bowl, if you will, of college basketball over the course of the next uh, five days? Again, I, I, think, um, I think just have fun with it. Really enjoy this. I mean – some of the ones I'm looking at, I, I really like Arizona. I think they're currently six to one to win the tur- the uh, tourney. Um, so again, we talked about this kind of setting yourself up for a potential, um, you know, guaranteed winning money at the end of this thing. So find a few teams that you like, maybe put a few dollars down on them to win the tournament, and then you can kind of play off of that how you go throughout the tournament, you know, playing them in, in their uh, individual matchups. But again, this is going to be an exciting time. Remember, we've got. You know, player props, you can bet these games in-game. As soon as they tip, um, you can watch the action. I know you were watching it pretty heavily on Sunday, but 
Uh, I think the total was, you know, on that Big Ten championship was right around 151, 152. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it dropped to 143 and a half yep. at some point when you and I were talking. Uh, and I think it eked just under that 143 and a half. So, again, that's an eight or nine point differential that, you know, if you if you are there and you can bet it in game, you can get some really good prices once that 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 uh, ball tips off. I do I do think that's worth pointing out, right? If you like something a lot before the game starts and just because the game, you know, has like a wonky first 5 or 6 minutes, I those paces don't always continue, but they can dramatically change lines. And so, if you like something ahead of time and you really liked an under in the first 5 6 minutes, you know, send that number up a little bit, I'd still play the under. I wouldn't be over I wouldn't over analyze the first few minutes of a game. Um, yep. as sometimes it's just the excitement, the, you know, your ramped up energy of the NCAA tournament that ends up taking you a certain way. Oh, and and that's I, one of our, yeah, that's one of our big differentiators, Glenn, you know, you, this is one of these tournaments that everybody's looking for some of these, uh, I wouldn't say, you know, some of these, uh, smaller conference teams and knock it off. And it happens. I mean, we had a few years ago, UMBC knock off Virginia, yep. uh, 16, first time a 16 seed ever beat a one seed. So, Imagine being able in the middle of that game to pick up, you know, them at fourteen to one, and they're leading by ten. So, you know, not many times do you get those type of opportunities. So, uh, that's a big differentiator with Fanduel compared to the, the other sportsbooks around. Great, so, that's a great uh, point. Take advantage of that. And if you're looking for something local, the Maryland women, by the way, are forty to one to win the uh, the NCAA women's tournament. So, you know, maybe throw a couple bucks in that way and and enjoy the celebration if it were to play out. Bruce Billick, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook. We will see you on Friday afternoon. I'll be there with Rodney Elliott from 12 to 4. And, of course, you're going to be seeing a lot of people for the course of the next few days in general. Always appreciate you, my friend. Enjoy this first round. We'll see you down there on Friday, all right? Looking forward to having you, and let's get ready to have some fun, man. Love it, man. Thank you, brother. Take care. Bruce Billick, uh, FanDuel Sportsbook GM. It's going to be a great couple of days, man. My favorite, my favorite days. Yeah, South Carolina, the favorite to win the women's tournament at plus 185, followed by UConn at plus 350. Somebody would say UConn with plus money is always a bet that's worth making, but keep in mind, it's been five years. I mean, it's been years since UConn's won the tournament. Stanford plus 480, North Carolina State plus 1100. Louisville rounds out the top five at plus 1500. And Maryland, again, sitting at plus 4,000. An opportunity for you there to perhaps make some money on the Maryland women. Now that they're healthy, that's what Brenda Freeze said. They got the top nine players. They're ready to go. We will see how that plays out in the tournament. All right, let's get a tidbit of the week. Paul Valley, what you got for us, sir? All right, so since the world revolves around Tom Brady, we're going to just run with that a little bit. The day before the Super Bowl, and this is from Darren Ravel, the day before the Super Bowl, a better made a $10,000 bet that Tom Brady, who retired 11 days before, would come back by placing a bet that the Bucks at plus 2,800 would win the Super Bowl this coming year. He'll now net $280,000 if the be- if the uh, Buccaneers, Buccaneers win the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, he's also got that ticket up for sale on Prop Swap for thirty two thousand dollars. If anybody wants to buy it from him, and I, you know, look, these this is always interesting to me. They're twofold. One, do you just hold it, let it ride? This is like playing Deal or No Deal, right? Like it's the eternal. We I took my kids to Chuck E. Cheese's recently, and they've got the Deal or No Deal machine mm. in there in order for you to win tickets. And my son is really struggling with it, right? Like, he does not know what it... Like he just wants to hit the button that says no deal every time. He's like, I don't... What, what, what do you need? Seven tickets. I don't want your seven tickets. I want 12 tickets. Like, he wants to play that route. I 
I think he's making the right decision by trying to sell the ticket because you're still talking about a lot of things that have to go. You still, it's still one in thirty-two at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Just because you got, you got better odds by getting it before Tom Brady, you're still talking about him having to win the Super Bowl. And while I get it, it's Tom Brady, and they they won the Super Bowl literally a year before. They didn't this year, and he's got to stay healthy, and so many other guys have to stay healthy. Some and guys you can have say, to sign back. Yeah, well, I mean, and not everybody did. It was the they're one of the offensive linemen already signed in Cincinnati. Kappa, I believe, was yeah. who it was, signed in Cincinnati. Uh, but they did get Ryan Jensen back, of course. You Look, get Fournette back. Yeah, I mean, there's still there's still questions there. I think he's doing the right thing by trying to sell it, and there's an opportunity for someone who's maybe a bit wealthier to step in there and say, "Yeah, I could, I could, I could live by losing the thirty-two thousand dollars." Poor money, Glenn. I'm gonna pass. It's All gonna right. be a pass. You're not, you're on not in your for sixteen. Yeah, I'm gonna pass on right. that opportunity. Right. Not somebody else. Not the investment that I am looking for myself. All right, uh, very good. Thanks to Aaron Oster. Thanks to Bruce Billick for joining us. And again, Friday afternoon, Rodney Elliott and I will be hanging out. And you're saying to yourself, okay, so you're hanging out. Well, we got great giveaways that we're going to be doing, specials, advice, having fun during the games. There will be no better atmosphere for watching NCAA tournament games Friday afternoon than coming down and joining us in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. So we will see you there for that. Best of luck. May the odds be ever in your favor.